Hello and welcome to, well, episode 5.5, I suppose, if we're going by, by halves, uh, of Talking Raphael. Um, it's a makeshift uh, company I've got here with me. It's I'm Mark Hendry, of course, as usual. Uh, we have Callum McCaffrey. Hello. And instead of your regular Daniel Bowers, Michael Wood and Craig Ferguson, we have Connor Rafferty, who has been with us before. Hola. And Stefan Arnott. Who has also been with us before, but none of the episodes <laughs> have made it to air somehow. So, yeah. hi, Stefan. So, hello. Yeah. One was my fault. One was your <laughs> One. fault. That was, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, Connor saved the wrong thing to the pen drive and went home with someone they else's work. The same, like, the That's because you renamed them. No, no, I, I renamed them when they were the same and I've renamed the wrong one. Um, so, yeah, um, a lot of talking points to go through, I would say. Mm. Um, and I think we'll start with well the big one. It's uh, yes, this is a Scottish football podcast. However, the big news being Gus Poyet is gone from Sunderland. And he Craig's has been not even here to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man, I, I think he, he really wanted to talk about it as well. So we'll probably discuss it in more detail on Friday when Craig is back. But just wanted to get everyone's gauge, everyone's opinion on. Gus Poyet leaving and he's been replaced of course by Dick Advocat. Connor, what do you think? Uh I'm sure I'm not also not a Southern fan, but I'm sure a lot of Southern fans will be happy that that's changes come. You've seen the, the highlights on Saturday with he just looked like they had given up and sometimes when that happens it requires a change of management because the, obviously the Gus Poyer had lost the gesture and he couldn't motivate his players. Um and I think they were in a slide and they were a real threat of going down. They still are, obviously, but I think that is probably the right change to make. Stefan, what's your thoughts on it? Well, it's not too surprising considering the run that Sunderland were on, but I reckon that Sunderland could have made the change earlier in the season after they lost 8-0 yeah. Sam, <laughs> giving the manager some time to yeah. actually work with the squad. Maybe get him in, in January to, to allow him to bring, bring, in his, in, bring in his own players. Callum, what do you think on it? Um... No, it's got to be the right call. I mean, you you look at the highlights of the match on Saturday between Aston Villa, and you saw just how angry the fans were. Some of them giving abuse to the to the the Sunderland bench, and um, about half the crowd leaving at about half time. And it wasn't just what that usual thing where you think they've just gone in for an early pie; they were actually leaving yep. by about half an hour. So, um, it remains to be seen whether Dick Advocate can do. Well, he's That's got the experience a, a, for it. Certainly got the experience for it, definitely. But funny though, it shows that they didn't change too late when there was managers kicking around in January time, and Dick Advocate's the one that's got on it. A man yeah. who's not been at the top of sort of football world for t- over ten years now, almost. Well, the thing, the thing that um, because it seems to me that Sunderland have been planning this move for quite a while because it's what to sack Poyet or to bring in to, br- to bring an advocate because. He, one day had passed before Poyet got sacked, and then Advocat was was already in talks. I think he was just shopping in Sunderland. I've seen yeah. him. We're like, oh, well, Dick, you, you fancy coming over for a wee chat? Do you think the phone call was made to Dick Advocat before the, the crisis meeting? Not before the result, but the crisis meeting on Monday. It certainly that seems that way. Yeah. It yeah. must be, otherwise he wouldn't be in that quick. Because we you know, spoke to Craig, and I remember the other day, and I don't want to go too much into it because Craig is a Sunderland fan, so we want to have Craig's opinion because it means more than any of our opinions on in this specific topic. But 
without getting into too much about it, we spoke to Craig earlier. Um, I think it was was it on Friday's episode we just we talked about it, and I said, um, would you sack Poyet? Or it was it was either this Friday. I think we have definitely discussed. Or it, it was last last week's episode. I can't remember. I need to go back, but I asked him if he would sack him, and Craig at the time said no. But I know for a fact since then, you know he would he would disagree with his own his own opinion because he he wanted him out. Games change change minds, you know. A performance like that, that even the biggest player fan would have probably have, you know, had, yeah. had been done with him by that. I mean, there's no excuse. It's the fact that it came against Aston Villa as well. I mean, they've they've sort of picked things up now that Tim Sherwood's got the job. But I think previously, Villa had only scored very few goals, um, very few goals up until that point. So really inexcusable to lose that game yeah I mean Tim Sherwood's done a good job there so far um, it's the power of the G League but you, you can't deny yeah. his 1% at all I know and the fact he's, that he's doing with Benteke what he did with Adebayor seemingly I mean he's done He started well like very well um, and it remains to be seen whether he can continue that but um, next in the news we have Gordon Strachan has announced his Scotland squad for the friendly against Northern Ireland and of course for the the qualifier against Gibraltar. Now, first of before I I've got the team here before I go through it and I'm, we're obviously not going to go through name by name because there are players there that deserve to be there They're and there. there, yeah. there's yeah. players who arguably don't. But we can talk about that. Uh, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But first of all, the fact that we're playing it's a friendly against Northern Ireland. And it's a game against Gibraltar. Do you think Strachan had the chance there to really pick unknowns without really losing too much? I'll go. I'll go round the room. Callum, what's your opinion on it? I think this international weekend's sort of like the perfect opportunity for Strachan to sort of expand his options um, because he knows the pl- the players that he's having for he knows what they're capable of he knows what they can do he's brought in a couple of new guys as well into the fold so um it'd be interesting to see how they integrate themselves into the squad but i think it's the right move by striking to bring people new people in stefan what do you think about it uh well i think it can be a good move for some players but um they're scotland against Gibraltar really have to get up their goal difference because mm-hmm. this group could go down to goal difference at the end of it so Scotland can't mess about with unknown players in the team really you don't think I think I it, mean, it could go down to goal difference have to score as many goals as possible against Gibraltar that's fair enough Raf, what's your yeah, take I, I, I see what Stefan's saying with the goal difference because it's something we've kind of not done yet I mean we haven't obviously played Gibraltar yet so our goal difference is, is going to be worse off than those that have played them mm-hmm. you know that, that, that without sort of predicting a win or anything like that but yeah I, th- I think he probably sh- could have went with some unknowns maybe we are younger players you know, Ryan Gold wasn't there yeah you know he's done this thing the last couple of squads where he likes to bring in a younger player that's you know one for the future and, and let them train with the squad and stuff but maybe this was the time to not let only let them train with but let them play with yep. it and you know especially with one being a friendly Ryan Gold maybe playing in that yeah um, but it's, I think they should have maybe called up not unknowns but definitely younger players okay I'll go through now like just before um, we talk about individual players I will mention a few of the names who me personally I would say you know uh, arguable call ups maybe well, um, you think shouldn't be an option. not so much shouldn't but 
call-ups that back up my argument a couple of seconds ago where they've, they've picked you know, players to give them a, a game, to give them a cap. When, whereas usually if they were playing Germany or Poland, they wouldn't be in it. I would say um, Mark Reynolds from Aberdeen. Mark Reynolds has been called up to this squad a couple of times before. But has he played often? Which I don't. Do does he have a cap? No, I think he, he's been called up to the squad. But he got called up through injury, though, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, but that's out. the thing. There's still a lot of centre defend, central defenders out injured at the moment. Yeah, well, Scotland's central defensive pool is very short anyway. So well, I was just I'm yeah. just just going through like uh, obviously it's it's open to debate. I mean, if Strachan picked him, then my opinion isn't he going to make any difference to him? He's well, a manager, he's, and I'm just he's a part of it. You know, an Aberdeen team that's been playing really well. That's he's, true. He's at the heart that's of that defence. So I think, and it's also it's quite nice to have a, a player that's playing in the Scottish leagues in the Scotland squad outside of Celtic. Obviously, mm. it's it's quite nice to have that because I don't think we have too many now. Sean Maloney, who usually I would never have brought up his name in this category, but he is now playing for Chicago Fire in the MLS. I don't know how well he's doing over no. there. Yes, my that's my, the my MLS knowledge isn't very good. So. so I had this debate with a friend, and he was a bit disappointed that he went to MLS. And but I was thinking, if Wigan go down, which is looking really likely, would we have rather had them playing League One football at the at the important part of the qualifying campaign before a major mm. tournament and going into a major tournament if we qualify? MLS surely is a better quality than League One. That's my only argument. But he has dropped off the football and map, so to speak, for Scottish fans. So it's hard to really tell yeah. what quality is at the moment. Jordan Rhodes. It's not usually. A, he's another one. He's not. It wouldn't usually be a, a sort of a arguable one or controversial one. But it's turned out that way. Jordan Rhodes is one of those players who's sort of he's been getting along his business very quietly. He's been scoring a, a fair few goals for Blackburn, and he's sort of and he's because he's been doing it sort of quietly. He's not really been um, thrust into the spotlight mm-hmm. as much as he normally would have done. Um, but I don't really have a problem with Jordan Rhodes being called up because I do think he's a, cap- a more than capable player. Stefan? Uh, yeah, I think Jordan Rhodes uh, could be quite lucky to be in this squad. But uh, at the moment, Chris Martin for Derby is out injured. His, he's top goal scorer in the championship still, I think. Yep. But yep. If, if he was fit, I don't think Rhodes would be in the squad. Mm-hmm. And um, James Forrest. I mean, what's... I know Connor, especially um, off off mic or off car, he's got choice words for James Forrest. But I think most people do. Yeah, but I'll give you a platform now to 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 say what you like within reason. <laughs> what has he done? He's been injured. I know, and but what has he actually done form wise to really deserve a cup? Then there's players in the championship mm-hmm. that are doing what you know. Jamie Mackey, people might not like him. I quite liked him for Scott. He'd done more in a Scotland jersey than Scott than James Forrest did. And I know James Forrest is younger, Jamie Mackey's getting close to thirty, but that's maybe the type of player we should be going for. And I I just don't see what he brings to the and I would have actually I'd rather have Mackay Stevens. I know I said I didn't think Mackay Stevens should have been in the squad, but I didn't notice that James Forrest was also in it. Yeah. And that's I think the fact that he's gotten in it over Mackay Stevens is a is a poor decision. There's another one, um another two, but one in particular uh, was he's been the main source of, you know, controversy and discussion. Matt Ritchie of Bournemouth. What oh, again? I'll go round the room. What is your opinions on him? You might not know who, who he is really, because it was more a case of doing the research to find out how he's what he's what he's goldfish, what oh, nationality his goldfish is, or whatever. Well, the only so thing that I... seems to be where everyone gets their call-ups from these well, days. Well, the only thing I know about him is 
his parents are from Edinburgh, I think, and he's got <laughs> he's a he's a winger. He's got eleven goals this season for Bournemouth, who I think are top of the championship at the moment. Yeah, they yeah. are on goal difference. On goal difference. Yeah, even so. Yeah. Um, but I think he's been a an ever present for Bournemouth this season as well. So it's not just this season as well. It's the last couple of seasons he's been playing so much for uh, for Bournemouth and he's been playing well. But it's only just this season that Bournemouth have started to really turn it on. Well, I think Bournemouth last year were quite unlucky to miss out in the playoffs because they went on a really good run then as well, which Matt Ritchie helped Mm -hmm. with. So, and he also gets quite a lot of assists. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know, we need all the goals we can get. The last one, Craig Forsyth of Derby. Um, Former Dundee player. How the hell is he in the squad? Why isn't he? Because he's a former Dundee player. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I have to confess, has he played much for Derby this season? Not a Scooby-Doo, I don't have a clue. I, I, think, I think he's the regular left-back. Yeah, but I don't think there is m- other left-backs Scotland can no. choose. I mean, the, the other one that has floated about is Paul Dixon. Yeah, but he's, he's gone back to Dundee United. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so but then that would be another one where you would say you want your players played in, in the league. So he would be another example of... I mean, he's done it. He's done it in the championship with Huddersfield, Paul Dixon. So, just because he's playing at Dundee United now, why why isn't he in the squad? I mean, he's played. He played the. Or not well. Playing particularly well since he's went there. Uh, Dundee United's form have been pretty poor, so I think that may be one excuse why not to come up. But it's true. I, I see what you're saying. Like playing for Huddersfield, he was in squads well at Huddersfield, and actually when I saw him play for Scotland during that time, I thought he played particularly well. And there's, if he can replicate that form, Sorry. then uh, then. You should probably get in the squad yeah. again. There's another one, um, just talk now about omissions from the squad. Uh, there are certain players, again, Connor's had his, his opinion on, on Twitter, um, but there are certain players who have missed out on the Scotland squad to benefit players like James Forrest and Matt Ritchie. Uh, Stuart Armstrong and Gary Mackay-Steven and Lee Griffiths, none of the three of them made it into the Scotland squad. What do you think about that, first of all, Stefan? Well, I can... Probably see why Griffiths isn't isn't in the squad because uh, although he's been good form, the current Scotland strikers uh, Naismith and Fletcher, I would play those two up front together. Even though Sunderland are in stinking form, I don't think that matters too much. Fletcher is still probably the best striker at the moment Scotland have. Callum, well, I think f- finding Griffiths on great on such great form, this international break would have been the perfect platform for him to sort of arrive on the international stage. He hadn't done it for Scotland so far. In his fr- he hasn't had a lot of appearances, to be fair to him. But this could have been a great opportunity for him to sort of get things going. And I think it's a, a trick that Strachan's missed. Conor, what do you think about it? i so sorry for... The, the, the three main players that have missed out. I mean, there's obviously others, but there's the three main ones in my, my mind that have missed it. Um... Well, like I said before, I thought maybe if you were going to call, if you're going to call it Forrest, then Mackay Stevens was the one mm-hmm. instead. Um, but on the sort of the two Dundee United players, there's they haven't done anything really since you know leaving Dundee United. It's not been a great amount of time. They didn't get in squads when they were at Dundee United. You know, a lot of people will say because it's Celtic, people think they should be called up now, and I think they need to be given time to sort of play their football at Celtic and show what they can do, and then maybe get in the squads. But and I th- I think that's probably Strachan's done the right thing there by not calling up okay. at, least, what they, at least Armstrong well just before we move on um, we've just uh, you probably heard on the microphone we've just been joined by 
Jonathan Kelly, who is um, you've never you've not been on the podcast before, have you? I haven't now. No, and it's a special St. Patrick's Day treat. Yeah, for the day of tennis. Um, Jonathan, you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Well, uh, I moved over here. Um, I did a journalism course back in Ireland, and um, I decided that I wanted to become a sports writer. So uh, I looked to I looked to Scotland uh, for guidance. So uh, <laughs> you're not going to find here. any over it, here. It, it was just here because uh, essentially they ran a sports journalism course. Yeah. So that was the main point, and then obviously um, I don't know what he is now to say. You can get if you're a member of an EU state, you get. You get free fees. <laughs> here, so that, 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 that definitely that played a part in it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just basically just uh, interest in football and Irish football mainly. Um, I mean, Scottish football, it, uh, it, it, it's been a learning curve anyway. It's like, <laughs> like a different language yeah. kind of to learn. But uh, learning learning off you, gents, anyway. Uh, so who is your team then? It could be within any, like in general. doesn't need to be Scottish, just in general. Well, the team I support the most is the Republic of Ireland. Like, uh, like I never started off supporting an English team or a Scottish team. Like, I, I grew to like Celtic because they play a lot like Ireland hmm. for good or for bad, really. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was uh, mainly how I got into it, and then started. My father is a West Ham supporter, so I started liking West Ham oh, okay. English team. But I never really, never really had a passion for English football as much. But um, yeah, definitely. Then it then it grew into Celtic, but uh, kind of after after um, the UEFA Cup campaign was mainly when I started getting into them. That uh, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yeah, right. they played. They played. Uh, I remember the first game. The first game I watched was they were playing Blackburn, mm. and. Uh, it was I, one, I, one I, of the I, worst I, games ever. Yeah, yeah. But I was supporting Blackburn initially because <laughs> uh, Damien Duff played for them. I just used to support any team yeah. that had an Irish player in it, and my dad. Uh, read me the Riot Act saying that I should support Celtic. So <laughs> it just went from there, really, and then it was a good, it was a good, it was a good year to start supporting them as well as anyway. Yeah, it's it's funny because obviously Scotland and Ireland are in the same qualifier group, yeah. and obviously you are surrounded by Scots supporting Ireland. Yeah, uh, oh well, it, it makes for a change. I mean, <laughs> you know, when they say, when they say Irish fans, but. Uh, yeah, it's a great group anyway. Like, uh, yeah. great group. Like, probably the best group there is. Like, which is uh, strange for for a European Championship qualifier. Mm. They're, they're they're dead rubbers altogether. But um, it's yeah. pretty close, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, I was just about to say, um, this week, this week would be key. Like, um, more so for us because yeah, we'd expect to beat Gibraltar. You, you're yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like we, essentially, we have to be Poland. I think we're um. We're both level on points, but again, as you say, you're playing Gibraltar. That's it's just going to be a case yeah. It should be, should be a cakewalk, but yeah, you never know. But as you say, um, just talking about the Scotland squad there, um, the no real. There's no real. Uh, from what I can see, there's no real goals in that team. Um, even with some of the yeah. some of the forwards, like um, I think uh, it'd be a struggle to get goals. Um, well, that's what I was saying. I mean, um, Stefan obviously disagrees, but Stephen Fletcher's playing for a, a bum Sunderland team right now, um, and Lee Griffiths is playing for a, a slick Celtic team. So for me, it doesn't matter whether he can link up with Stephen Naismith because Stephen Naismith is good enough to link up with anybody. Yeah. And I hate saying that because I hate Stephen Naismith <laughs> as a as a as a human rather than a football player because he is a class player, but he can link up with anybody. So if if Sparky was playing up front, then. 
one thing I say as well is that there's nobody in that squad that's really scored goals at international level that's consistently. True. You know, we've got players that are doing well in the championship. You know, even when Chris Turner's in the squad, but he, he hasn't actually done anything in a Scotland yep. jersey. You know, you can score all these yep. goals if you want in the league, but what's the point if you can't do it for Scotland? You might as well not be there. Well, who um, who was the last like prolific scorer that Scotland had? Probably Kenny Miller. Yeah, Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller. Well, for, for, for actually for Scotland. Mm. Yeah, probably. There's, there's not it's much, you know, been known really since. It's been that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, talk about goal scorers, but now we've got goalkeepers. Gordon Strachan um, during the week. I say during the week, but it's only Tuesday. But Gordon Strachan the other day said that <laughs> Scotland arguably have the greatest goalkeeping trio in the world. And I, they've got good goalkeepers, but greatest in the world. <laughs> Let's have a wee look, shall we? Connor, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I mean, apart from maybe the fact that most big nations have one great goalkeeper. I mean, Spain have a pretty solid um, um, bench of goalkeepers yep. as well, but we've got depth in it. You, if you look at th- the three keepers, you know, Craig Gordon, Marshall and McGregor, if you saw any of those on your on the team sheet going into a Scotland game, you wouldn't be worried at all. That's not the, the position you're worried about ever. And I can see why he said that it's, <laughs> it's the strongest in the world, but... It might not be the strongest, but it's definitely an up there. In the well, top you need to be three good goalkeepers so. to keep Matt Jokes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but um, Callum, what, what do you think about it? I think it's something that's really encouraging because there was a, a long time, I think it was something that Strachan said as well, most countries would be thrilled to have two goalkeepers, mm-hmm. just two goalkeepers who can stand in for another and can just yeah. get along with their business. Scotland now have three Scotland used to have none. Remember, it was yeah. Rab Douglas, and even even hey, he was Rab Douglas <laughs> was the greatest goalkeeper you will. Well, you ever forget see to play. You forget to play for the team I supported as well, so I, I can offend him if I if I choose to. He's Rab Douglas always had a. Good... <laughs> I was so no. I One thing I will it. say about Rab Douglas, he always had a good game against Hearts. I don't know why, but that makes him okay. He would be he'd be quite jittery a lot of the time, but I, yeah. I think the first time I saw him play against Hearts. He kept a clean sheet and saved the penalty as well. <laughs> and Hearts lambasted us that entire game. And he was right. Anyway, going back to the yes, the yeah. Before topic. we get into um, the history of Dundee, just going into, into <laughs> just going into the the games coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if Craig Gordon got a few starts there. Well, I, I was. I, I think, I was, he's, I I think he's the most informed keeper out of the three that's been picked. I mean, you look at Hull. Hull are in pretty dangerous points tally. Sort of teetering uh, on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're close to the relegation zone and uh, McGregor's doing alright for them he's made a couple of mistakes for Hull yeah. which have cost him some of the points David Marshall's still with a Cardiff in the league the yeah. yeah so and Craig Gordon's winning titles he's he's winning no I mean he's winning trophies alright that's what I meant um, but he's also be, being sort of praised for his European games as well I mean I think, Craig Gordon, Craig Gordon's only going to get better if someone if someone takes a chance with him. So I think, as he says, like he he needs he, he probably needs a start yeah, uh, to to get going. Definitely, he, um, he'll he'll just be a spare part in that yeah. team. Like, um, but yeah, I think um, because it's it's a friendly against Northern Ireland, that'd be that'd be a good game to to play in to to start him in. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon like and. Um, that's why that, that's why I was kind of surprised that uh, that he didn't he didn't take more chances with uh, picking the squad because essentially it is two friendlies exactly so you'd think um, that he would experiment a bit yep. more and get get these players in because when you look at when you look at the fixtures um, 
yeah, you've, you've, you've two matches uh, coming up, but then there's a break until mm -hmm. you play us again at the end of June. And the end of June, <laughs> players are going to be dropping like flies yeah. uh, at the end of the season. So it, it, would be, it would be an idea to get players in Aye. now. There's talk of more friendlies uh, early June, I think. There's rumours going about that they'll be playing somebody. Uh, I think it was guitar. Was yeah, yeah. yeah they're going to well. set up for a new guitar. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Where is it? Hamden or are we? <laughs> I thought we were finally going to get to Qatar like <laughs> six <laughs> years early. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will say about um, Qatar, I remember this is this is sort of like a mini half Dundee half Qatar type thing. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. How the hell can there be a half Dundee half Qatar thing? I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain. <laughs> now, now I've caught your attention. Yeah. Now I've brought you all in. Let me explain. Um. Before, before this season started, Dundee, uh, their under twenties, had a a friendly game with the Qatar under twenties, and the game got abandoned by half time because the Qatar um, team started fist fighting Paul Hartley. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sub subsequently, they went on to play uh, the United under twenties and got beat like two 0 or something like that. Um, <laughs> so, Portland <laughs> under twenty team decided to stop playing football <laughs> instead fight. Fight Portland. <laughs> well, I think there were other mitigating circumstances, <laughs> but <laughs> they just ran onto the pitch yeah. and saw this guy it's, that they didn't like. Only go Qatar support hips. So yeah, like um, I, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there now. Um, so yeah, um, just thinking now. On a completely different note, because you couldn't go any any further from that, uh, we'll go on to the the games from Saturday there. Um, Rangers, we'll start with Rangers. One each they drew, so that's a what, fourth draw in a row? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah that it is, is fourth draw in a row. Awful. It's terrible form. Uh, one thing that um, could be attributed to it, I think it was McCall himself who said that after about half an hour of that game, Rangers players started to look tired. Could, it mm. could it be a case that they're just not fit. Well, I think it's, you know, obviously I'm not a Rangers fan. I've grew up hating them. But sort of recent years, they've become no longer a threat, so I don't really care too much. And that's why I want them to be back up. And that's why every time I watch them every week, you want them. You want to see them... I, I prefer... I don't like change, right? So when when you see Rangers constantly dropping points, you're like, this is it's boring. I want Stuart McCall to go in because he he seems all right. He seems like he'd be a nice guy. So I want him to do all right. We look at the next couple of games. I think they've got Alloa and County Reef at home in the next two. Games. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to think that they play us on Sunday, and they play. Uh, Hibs on Sunday. Those are 50,000 um, 50, capacity games. Those are Cowden, Beath and Alloa. You've got to think Hibs. that the form's going to start turning around eventually. Well, pretty soon anyway. It's like, like you're saying that the, the McCall uh, was the, they looked tired after 30 minutes. I would honestly say this is one of the unfit teams I've, I've seen in a long time. And that's something McCall can't change in four days like he was in, when he was appointed. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday. It might even be something that doesn't get fixed until the playoffs. You know, that's 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 the threat is that they might not actually be a fit team for the whole season almost. And you know, that's 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 why they're losing games because teams look quicker, they look sharper to the ball than them, and that's something you never ever see 
with either old firm team. You know, even Rangers a couple of seasons ago were still fitter um, than than their team. Although they were playing like uh, you know Breakin City and stuff, they still <laughs> were, were head and shoulders above them. Yeah, um, I, just think kinda, I think I think the Rangers have to like reevaluate their their prospects now. Um, like they got Stuart McCall in, and that that was a that was a great. A great person to bring in, but he he was still given the minute he was brought in, like he was still given the deadline of uh, yeah, uh, of getting right. promotion by the end of the season. Whereas, I on on on, on current form, you can't no, you can't see. There's it no way. Whereas I think like, of course, yeah, you you, ha- you have to kind of kind of appease the fans, but um, I think if they just brought him in, the fact that they have the new board and just said right, this is gonna be long two, three yep. year contract. Yep. And he 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 has just has the time and yeah, like, I mean, what? would here just a, a question? Will Stuart McCall be told what Kenny McDowell was told in terms of the Newcastle players? I don't, I don't think any of them will play. I think the only one. Vucic will well, play. That's the only one that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the impression that some of them aren't interested. There's ones that haven't turned up to Monty Park. There's some of them that haven't even met any of the Rangers staff or players. I, th- I think some of them aren't going to play for Rangers at all this season, apart from Vucic. What do you, what do you think, no, Stephen? Uh, I don't think uh, yeah. he will have to play with Newcastle players. Most of them are still out injured. Mm-hmm. I think, well, Shane Ferguson somehow got called up to the Northern yeah, Ireland yeah. squad. Mental. Which doesn't make any Although sense. Although he'll probably score against Scotland. Well, Michael O'Neill said that, he was, that, that Ferguson told him he would be fit for the squads. Mm. And then apparently his, his recovery has been set back back a little bit I think he's told Michael O'Neill yeah I will be fit I think he probably will be fit but again I, I just don't think he's interested I think he's somebody that's looked at the situation and he's went I don't want a piece of that at all one of the things I was sort of talking about there was would Stuart, is Stuart McCall the type of character that would allow the board to say you're, you've got to play these he guys the he, no he wouldn't no, he yeah. wouldn't have taken that but you don't have Lombias there now to, to enforce that it's true yeah. but at the same time does it now? Does that just go out the window? Can McCall, if he wanted to, terminate the contracts of the loan and pop them back to Newcastle? I suppose he could. I don't know what the terms of the loans were on, on the Mike Ashley deal. Um, mm. You know, if there's something in that, maybe. But I suppose if Lambias isn't there to force his hand, then I suppose he could terminate them. But he wouldn't want to terminate Vucic. He, he's well, the only yeah. one who yeah. they would keep. He's the only he's, one that's scoring goals just now. He, and he's, he's, he's not. He's not even. A, he's not even an all-out striker. Has he I not mean, been set back? Has, was he, he not one that's recently picked up an injury? He got injured at the weekend, I think, during their game after he scored their goal. He's had a big loss. He twisted him. his knee, so he might not make it for at least tonight, but maybe it's Sunday's game against us. And you know, the one reason I think he's playing for Rangers, and he, unlike the rest of them that have bought it, is because I think at his age he wants a move after his yeah. contract to Newcastle and he wants to show what he can do. It won't be at Rangers he wants to stay at, but maybe he'll pick up a championship team or something like that. So do you think he, won't, he doesn't want to stay in Newcastle either? Well, at the age, was he 23 now? He hasn't played yeah. any games really for Newcastle. His future's not at Newcastle. I mean, he looks a good player, but he doesn't look that good a player. So I think he's he knows he needs to start showing his stuff at a team that is normally on TV, to be fair. Most people will watch their mm-hmm. games and people will be looking at him. Okay. Um, other than that, Aberdeen beat Motherwell 2-1. Um, Motherwell won the up in the first half. Scott McDonald. We've mentioned him in the previous weeks, um, but even with that goal, they still couldn't win. They're sort of the architects of their own demise, aren't they? <laughs> well, if there you, you go. If you if saw you both s- the goals, yeah. they were I mean, massive. What was it? The goalkeeper? goalkeeper the, I don't know what he it, was he doing. don't know what he safety. was doing. And then, obviously, the, the goalkeeper was at fault for the second goal as well because the defender wasn't looking at the goalkeeper 
The defender was looking at the ball. The goalkeeper sprinted out for no reason. He didn't need to go that far. Goalkeeper, defender, sorry, was going to header it back anyway. What was he doing at the edge of his box? Don't have a clue. Adam Ray runs in and scores. So Aberdeen are, are still in the hunt. Would you agree? Uh, or Sorry, <laughs> Aberdeen are still in the hunt. Is there still a hunt to be in? Well, it depends if they beat you in the split. I mean, if, if they beat you in the split, I would say that it's definitely probably still on, depending on what if you can drop points because you know there'll be teams that are, are hungry to get points off you because um, they've all they've all got their own things to play for. You know, it's not just a case of that; it's just Aberdeen mm. that are hungry. Well, from a, a neutral point of view, Callum, I'll just talk to you about it because um, the rest is support Celtic or or Hibs. Um, I'm not neutral (laughs) 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 but yeah like uh, Callum you've you've watched your team Dundee play both Aberdeen and Celtic this season who's giving you the harder game games well I think the two Celtic games we've played um, taking away from the one we got beat in the Scottish Cup um, where Dundee just didn't turn up Um, first game was when Dyla was sort of going through his the Celtic were going through that transitional period and Dundee sort of took advantage and managed to get a draw which probably could and should have been a win look at the game at um, uh, Celtic Park I can't remember when but I, thought, I think it was around November and Dundee played pretty well but got caught out in places and then just sort of tired near the end of the game Aberdeen the games between Dundee and Aberdeen have been a lot closer so um, Dundee beat them in the Scottish Cup they beat us in the league at Dens and we drew three each at, um, despite Dundee throwing away a 3-1 lead in the last five minutes of the game I tried to phone you that game to shout you abuse but you didn't answer hey, they, dro- <laughs> they dropped two points be happy um, but in terms of who's giving us a tougher game I'll definitely say Celtic Connor just to clarify you are neutral indeed yes you are but you haven't played either of us yes, this season Regular, regular, yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe the year after, <laughs> <laughs> or the one. <laughs> um, the other games, Kamarnock score, uh, scored in like the last five minutes to beat St Mirren, and Gary Locke has helped Kamarnock. This is their best run in a league since the year two thousand. Still, still within a shot of the top six. Mm, they're, they're only yeah. one point behind. I mean, most of the most that, of the results have been draws, but they're still in good run, good I form. They're three points or three or four points, I think, behind St Johnston, mm-hmm. who holds sixth. Who lost three nothing? And they lost three nothing in Park Thistle. Um, but definitely, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about when it comes to Kilmarnock. And if you look at the fact that. Um, St. Marin for when I only saw the highlights, um, but for a lot of that, um, a lot of, for a lot of that game, it seemed like St. Marin had the better chances, just couldn't put them away. Well, where we talk um, about that then, um, St. Marin, are they going to be down this season? Well, I mean, you've got to look at the, their form. It's not been, it's not been good. The their home form is. Uh, I think they've still only won one game at home all season, and you've got to fancy them for the drop because you know they, they just can't. Perform, and I think that's. I think it's, why did they have to get rid of Daniel? I know he was out of contract, but they've kind of forced him out the door. Mm-hmm. Why did they get rid of him? He always offered them security. They didn't offer. Them, he didn't get them much more than that. But he didn't. He, sorry, he always kept them up. Yeah, they yeah. were never really under any threat. You know, going into the final stages, going into the split, they were always somewhat safe. I um, think. I mean, sorry, on you go, Cal. I think it would have been all right if they'd not promoted from within because. 
it's more than just the manager when it comes to the, the way the team plays and the coaching stuff because you have to bring in somebody new who can then bring in maybe their own ideas their own yeah. ideas and that goes down into the coaching system if you're play, if you're bringing in somebody from within that's just playing the same system but it's just changing the face well that's what I was going to say um, Ross County drew two each with Hamilton so they are now getting further up the table St Mirren are going further down because they've lost Kenny McLean um, they've lost their he was their man. He was the guy who he, was he, everything went through him. He was a talisman. Of he was that. Team. He was the player, right? So they've lost him. What I want to know is, Tommy Craig got sacked, right? Tommy Craig was doing terrible. He hadn't won yeah. in the, the whole season. I think it was. Had he stayed on, do you think it would have been literally mathematically game over? Do you think Gary Teal has helped him? I think absolutely. Yeah, well, I think. and that, that's why I'm asking because it kind of contradicts. You can't bring from within. Well, I, th- I think, but he has done. The difference with okay. Thielen is that he's a player. He knows the players, and maybe he understood what the players didn't like about Tommy Craig's regime. The problem with the Tommy Craig appointment was that he was Danny Lennon's assistant. I think, and if Danny Lennon's methods weren't working. Tommy Craig will most likely share all those same philosophies. Why do you think that one? What is you know is he's going to be telling the players the same things that he told them under mm-hmm. Daniel Lennon? It's not going to work, and if anything, it's going to work less like it did because well, Tommy Craig's number two, and you you hire a manager because they're a manager. Yeah, you hire yeah. an assistant because they're a good assistant. Yeah, well, Johnny, you get any thoughts on that? Um, with the very limited knowledge we have, I think like if you're you're always uh, from the outside looking in, even. Yeah, I suppose like you're always um, if you're comparing Gary Teal to Tommy Craig, like when like if you're changing if you're changing manager, you're always gonna look for the positives in the change. Like so, I don't I I, I, yeah. I know Tommy Tommy Craig was doing bad, but um, mm. I don't think they're gonna get out of it. Yeah. No, I think Gary Teal's done a decent job. Saint Mirren do look more attacking, mm-hmm. but it's still their defense because at the weekend. They were quite unlucky to lose, I think, but uh, they just let in a goal right at the end. So yeah, we didn't have the the legs for it, I suppose. Um, well, that's our Scottish news. Um, if you listened on Friday, which you probably didn't, uh, <laughs> my match of the week was Celtic against Dundee United, and I think looking at the score lines and looking at the results, it could have been Hamilton Ross County, which was two each county. I think they came back from two nothing down, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So that that could have been it, but I thought I thought the the occasion being a cup final and it's two two teams that have just went through a, a battle at Tannadice. So we, or sorry, the guys who were here on Friday predicted score lines, and I'm happy to say that mine was right, and I'm also happy to say that because Calm copied me, his was right too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, Chris Coleman scored in the first half, James Forrest scored in the second. Um, the big talking point was, well, well, a big talking point was the James Forrest penalty miss. Um, and there was another one we can talk about that I know Connor's dying to talk about. But first, just go through the penalty miss. What a shocking penalty that was. How bad. Just another example of James Forrest. Yeah. Not yeah. I mean, it was, like, it was like a penalty you take in FIFA. Where you think you're being smart and putting it down the middle and the keeper just stays there. Gadetti must have yeah. been absolutely... Gadetti yes. really should have taken the penalty. But the thing was, it, was, it wasn't it was just Gadetti that was asking for it. 
Johansson told Forrest to give the ball to Gudetti. Everybody wanted Gudetti to take it. Forrest, I don't know what, was he maybe in training? I, was the penalty sorry. taker and the managers well, just said no matter what? I sort of admire his bravery for taking it on. I think it, the reason he took it, I don't think there's any way he would have took it at something like 0-0 or 1-0. I think the fact that it was 2-0 and Celtic were pretty much out of sight. Um, he felt sort of inclined to take it because he did win it. Um, but just did he not miss the last penalty he took as well? I can't yes, he, I can't he, he did miss the last. I'm penalty not sure, but the took. one he took before that, or he, the one I can remember, was it, I think it was Ajax. Yeah, I in the Champions League, and he scored that one, and that was a huge penalty. So I don't know, I but I, I think it kind of whatever about James Forrest, it kind of highlighted um, Guidetti's. Lack of confidence now because I think if if, if he was if, he would have yeah. battered penalty Forrest. Won by James Forrest. I think uh, Guidetti about four months ago would have grabbed that ball off him. And Absolutely, yeah, him yeah, yeah, I would like agree. It, uh, it looked like Guidetti was asking to take the penalty, yeah. but he wasn't doing it with any real courage. Of yeah, a man that's uh, like he's, he lost his confidence. I agree. Really, yeah, is it is it not up to Scott Brown to sort of sort that out? Well, well, Scott Brown I, Scott Brown turned away and walked away. I think he, wasn't, the, he wasn't interested. I think, I think the I, problem was uh, both of Celtic's penalty takers were off the pitch at that point. Chris Commons and Lee Griffiths would normally be first choice to take well, a penalty. Near Baton's taking taking a couple. Yeah, um, you still had plenty of just natural strikers. I think Stokes was still on the pitch at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I think Stokes had came off at that point. Well, I yeah, I think Stoke, I'm pretty sure Stokes was off at that point as well. But so. anyway, um, so that was one of the big talking points. The other one that Connor is bursting at the seams to discuss is Ryan Dow. Um, and Scott Brown. Now, oh, I, I, I thought it was a different point, but I yeah. Oh, okay. Burst the, burst the <laughs> well. I thought it was a different point as well. Okay. Um, yeah, Ryan Dow was barged over, pushed in the back by Scott in Brown in the penalty box. Um, and no penalty. We've all got different opinions on this one. We'll start with Connor, who's going to give us his rendition of why it should have been a penalty. Connor, on you go. Well. You look at it, Ryan Dow's running full pace in behind. He's he's in the box, and and he's uh, and Scott Brown has literally pushed him in the back with his elbow. And how if that was given in the if that was given if that happened in the centre circle, that would be a free kick. Okay. There's no denying that at all for me. And 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 all honesty, I don't want to start doing the conspiracy stuff, but. I think the referee bottled making the decision. Okay. Fair opinion, I suppose. But um, you say if it was in the halfway line, it would be a free kick. But if that happens in the halfway line, just on the other other side of the coin, if that happens in the halfway line, the neutrals and the Celtic fans, obviously, they're saying that wasn't a foul. But if he pushes him in the back, he's running with the ball. But the thing was, it's just it's all about opinions, isn't it? Like. If that does happen in the in the halfway line and the referee gives a foul, no one's going to complain about it. But people, everyone's going to be thinking, "Well, if you can't do that, then how is it a contact sport?" Well, the thing is, is you, I think, like you said, there's people might not complain about it, but people don't complain about fouls that like, most fouls that happen that don't get given. It's because of the severity of the situation, the fact that it's a penalty. I think was it still nil nil at that point, or did Celtic just score not long after yeah, it, before that? I think they scored just before. It. But it's you know that would have put it back to, to one all maybe, but and 
you know, of course people are going to moan about more because it's a big decision. You know, people moan about goals that were given as offside when they weren't. You know, it's because it costs a it costs a goal, mm-hmm. and just because people don't complain about fouls like that in the centre the centre circle doesn't mean it's any less of a foul when people moan about it at the penalty box. Stefan, um, again, you've been on this podcast yeah, twice, and I've told everyone twice that you do you've done your referee yeah. badges. Yeah. However, no one's had a chance to hear that. So yeah, I will say yeah. for a third time, <laughs> Stefan, you've did your referee badges. Yeah. Is that a penalty? Uh, probably. Although you are also a Celtic fan. Yeah, but I still don't think it's a penalty. Uh, I think it was more of a coming together more than actually him shoving him. Uh, he did have his arm up slightly, but it's still, uh, I don't think it was enough contact to give a penalty. I'm not saying it's a dive. Yeah. There was contact. But I don't think it's enough for I mean, a penalty. F- being a referee, you see, if, you mentioned you've done it. You've refereed a few games, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So, if someone, if you've seen Scott Brown with his arm up and Dow goes down, would you give it, regardless of whether there was a lot of contact in it? But if you've seen the arm go up and you've seen Dow go over, would you give the penalty? Uh, I might have given it, but it's still probably still more of a coming together. Than what, actually, what if you see Scott Brown's elbow <laughs> deep into your back? <laughs> All right, Connor, you, we've had enough yeah. of you. <laughs> Just said, um, Connor, uh, not Connor, sorry, Callum. I'll speak again if you want. No, we're alright, <laughs> Callum. <laughs> again, you're a, you're a neutral watching it. Uh, was it a penalty for you? I'm a neutral because I'm a Dundee fan. Well, yeah. um, to an extent, uh, I thought it was a penalty. Oh, okay. I did, I did actually think it was a penalty because that was going so quickly, and it doesn't take a lot for when you're going quickly to have someone push you over. And Brown has stopped Dow on his run deliberately inside the box. And I think that can only be a penalty to me. Johnny? Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought, I thought definitely it was a penalty when I saw it because kind of... Kind of um, just... Just when he was just when he was run, he was running and Scott Brown, it, it wasn't like it was they were running uh, side to side, side to by side. side like yeah, yeah. He ran across and he went into the back of him. So that's essentially that's contact. Okay. It just depends what your definitions of like it, like obviously Scotland's a bit more lenient. Yeah. Like that that that'd be a penalty all day. If it was Willie Collum, it'd be a penalty and a red card. Willie Collum would be an automatic <laughs> yeah. goal. To be <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, de- I definitely thought. Of it. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah, f- for me personally, obviously, I, I, I don't think it was a penalty. But at the same time, I mean, I've, I've, I remember watching it and watching it live, and then I watched it um, on sports scene at, the, at night. But then I also on the BBC website, I went on and watched it after me and Connor had a conversation about it. I watched it again a few times, and I can see why one side of the argument, but. I can also see the other, you know, because it is a contact sport, and that's going to be it's going to, that's not going to be in the game in ten years if this keeps up. Yeah, I think kind of um, the thing about it was that um, that maybe uh, people thought the ball was going out of play, so the whole argument about whether it was on the halfway yeah, line, it didn't uh, have it under control. Of, it's a bit nullified because like the ball oh, right. was probably going Sorry. out. But yeah. it, just, it just depends on whether you think Ryan Dale was going to make it to the ball. Nah, that's yeah, that's the big play. yeah. I suppose, and maybe that—that—that's what—that was—that's what was in the referee's mind. Oh, here we go. Did he not have the ball? 
Who? No, Dow- was he not, he was... just touched it just before Brown. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was. So, a... he, so he got to the ball. Yeah. No, but no, he, I mean, he touched, he touched, it, it, touched, it, touched it, it and then so was then was pushed. challenged. So he had the ball. He got to it. So it's, he had technically had the ball no, he, in the box. He, he, he touched it in front of himself. He, so and then he fell. I mean, I see. We say, but he's, he's he's got the ball and Scott Brown's pushed him in the box. That's the fact of the matter. <laughs> to be fair, uh, I don't think anyone's going to change anyone's opinion. I'm going to I'm going to get this change. <laughs> United have the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have to r- will, go to I Celtic Park and inscribe, the transcribe the name on the trophy yourself. I've right, changed my mind, it's not a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but again, uh, football is all about opinions. I mean, you're never going to change anyone else's opinion, and that's always the thing. Um, but now we'll move on. Craig Ferguson obviously isn't here today, so we'll just talk generally about English football. Burnley. I think got the result of the weekend. They they beat Manchester City one nothing uh, with a peach from George Boyd. Peach, yeah, it was. Daisy Carr was what it was. It was an absolute Um And does that mean? And again, we'll go round the room. Does this mean Man City's title challenge is over? Definitely. We'll start with Jonathan. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep. Yeah, it, it was. It, I think, in all fairness, it was over. Maybe or three weeks ago but it just City City are completely out of sorts I think and they're really um, they're really shown uh, the fact that they're not really a team I think they're a group of individual players but when push comes to shove I think they 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 lack it completely and I think that's a worry for them because I think when this season's over and they lose yeah. to Chelsea I think I think I think maybe Arsenal might put if they put a good run together they, they might might get up there and might give them a, uh, it's strange that it's strange that we're having this conversation this season considering the last few years I mean you look at David Silva Sergio Aguero Yaya Toure yeah. these players should be playing for a team that are going to win the title Yeah, I think that's the danger though of having a club with a lot of money like you can obviously like from where Manchester City were it's obviously a brilliant success but um, for, long, for longevity of a team for a great team to have to in, in, inspire whatever yeah. the new generation of fans it's just not going to happen for them and you don't know how it's going to happen for them because like, they're not they're not breeding players they're not doing anything to sustain a regular title challenge mm. I think um, I like Pellegrini I think he, I think he's a great manager but I think it's just that team is just it, it's always going to be changed and it's never yeah. uh, it's never going to sustain a great title Stefan, challenge Stefan we'll go to you next what do you think uh, yeah Man City's title hopes are definitely over uh the problem with Man City this season, I think, is their defence, especially Company. He's yeah, had he's such a poor season. season if he was probably up to the standards of the past couple of seasons, I don't think they would be doing as bad. And the problem is Man City don't have that much cover in central defence either. They've got Mangala. They spent that great, what, 23 fair. million on him. Yeah, he's not that great. And then they got Di Michele, So That's true. Callum, what's, what's your opinion on it? I think the main focus now for Man City quite honestly is trying to stay in Champions League places because looking at the teams below them Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool probably their um, biggest um, rivals all three of them are on pretty decent form at the moment and Man City are dropping points like nothing else Um, because right now 29 games played um, Man City are 
one point ahead of Arsenal, two ahead of Man United, and uh, four ahead of Liverpool. And looking at the form right now, it's going to be a real struggle for Man City to stay, mm. even in the Champions League, let alone the title challenge. Raf. Yeah, I think it's over now as well. And, and like Cam was saying, like, they are genuinely at threat of losing out a Champions League place because Liverpool, although they, I think they got away with it last night, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that, but that's the form of winners, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, they that, getting that, that lucky break, and you just don't know when that's going to stop now. And Arsenal playing some lovely stuff. They looked brilliant the weekend. I know we'll talk about that. There, but yep. Man United again played brilliant Sunday. A lot of people saying that it looks like they're back to their best. City though just there was nothing about them you know I know they you talk about the defence you know that there was one goal you'd, you'd argue that City of last season would have scored three mm. and you've got to argue you've, you've got to try and find a way to stop them and he did but City stop themselves now because they don't look like a threat with all the great players they have in my opinion um, the fact that City are still second means that you can never rule them out and I mean I know everyone there's five of us here and four of us think the title race is over um, I do think Chelsea will win a league but I, I won't go as far as to say that Man City will drop out of the Champions League places I think Man United are always going to be inconsistent Arsenal well they're destined for fourth aren't they? They're well, all, they're they, always they, always, they always get the Champions yeah. League spot so so I think it'll, I, personally I, th- I think the one team that can bother Man City this season is Liverpool I think my United. I don't think my United will finish well, United, in the top four. United have a quite a hard run, and I think they yeah, play, play Chelsea, so Chelsea, Arsenal. And for me, yeah, I think it I think there's still a a man a man a man. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that again. I think there's still a Manchester derby. Yeah, so I think I that's a uh, Old Trafford as well. That's definitely the, they've got the hardest um, end to the season, and if they are going to be inconsistent, you can't see them picking up maximum points from the from those games. Yeah, I think just they'll, I think they'll, um, United. The way they've been all season, I think they'll. <laughs> As bad as it sounds, I think they'll pull it out for the bigger teams. Like they completely, I know Tottenham are inconsistent at best yeah. as well, but yeah. I think United are still United, and they seem to just fall there. Well, if you look at the Chelsea game earlier in the season, Man U yeah, ended up drawing with them yeah. when they were on a bad run. So yeah, yeah so I think yeah, United are so I mean, uh, hot and cold. Yeah. I think it, it would take a big team. It will take a big team for them to yeah. uh, prove themselves. So we'll just go around and um, sort of off the cuff. I'll say that. Who's your top four going to be? For me, Chelsea, Man City, um, Liverpool and Arsenal. That's going to be the, the, the four. And it's that's the order it's going to be in. Callum, what's your, your thoughts? Just no opinion else. Just go tell us the top four. Okay. Chelsea. Yep. Arsenal. Man United. Liverpool. In that order. Oh. Um, I'd say Chelsea, Arsenal. And... I'm going to go Man City and Liverpool. Raph? Uh, I'd go Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal and City. I think City will finish fourth. I'll go for Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal and City as well. And Pellegrini out before the end of the season. Well, there you go. I'm calling it. It's funny because earlier today, was it today or yesterday, that Pellegrini said that he is not under threat of losing his job, regardless. So... He's if he's pretty confident he, in that. The fact that he has to say that though is probably indication. But that's that his more job's that under stress. to me. That's yeah. more media um, yeah. pressure. It, it, yeah. it could be worse. It could be uh, the vote of confidence from 
the owner mm. or chairman. You know, yeah. like, that's always but the worst part. The fact that you yeah. said, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't fear for his job. I, I, I think he's been genuine. I think he's been honest because he's never been in. But I mean, every time, every interview I've ever watched with him, he's he's been sort of straight talking, tell you how it is. So if he says that he doesn't fear for his job, then I don't think he does. I think the only thing he's got going for him to save his job in terms of being here next season is tonight's game against Barcelona. If they go, he goes out of the Champions League, I don't think he'll be here next season. If he stays, uh, if he if he wins tonight, um, and he goes through the next round, then maybe he'll probably will stay mm-hmm. for like, not for the end of this season, but till next season as well, and then leave next season because I think the Champions League is is all they're interested in now. So well, let's talk about the Champions League. Um, they play Barcelona. Tonight, or not tonight? Tomorrow. Is it tonight? It's tomorrow. 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 They play Barcelona tomorrow. Um, with the form that they're both on, Barcelona obviously. I think sixteen wins from seventeen games. Yeah, Barcelona up high, Man City, obviously not. You imagine Barcelona would wipe the floor. I think, even with, even if you take into account that some teams will play, will up their game when they're playing Barcelona. I still think it's going to take nothing short of a miracle for City to walk out of that with anything, let alone, a, a, let alone a win. I know you got a lot of stick, Pellegrini, for playing the four in the midfield, the four four two. And yeah. I was just wondering if anybody, what do you think he should say? Should he try and go for that game because he needs the goals? If uh, so, should he go four four two in attack or keep well, the midfield tight? I reckon not a four four two, but a four three three match Barcelona's formation stop their midfielders playing and then they'll be more likely to get the result that they need I think um, I think whatever whatever formation he, has, uh, he sets out with I think he just has to go wide That's, uh, he has to start quick tw- first 20 minutes like get get, Nav- get Navas on the ball I think I, like Navas is uh, is he fit again? I'm not sure I don't know if he's fit yeah he played at the weekend so yeah, so uh, I think that that that'd be the wrong real chances uh, getting it wide, and um, whether that whether that whether that uh, goes as a four-two-three as you say or a four-five-one, it's it's up to yourself. I think if you, I think you just want to start Aguero. I think I think Jacko is just he's just not he's not with it at all, and I don't think he'll offer anything against. I don't. No, this game. Yeah, I, I like yeah. I like Jacko. I don't think this is the game for him. I think no. whatever system he, he plays. James Milner has to play because of his work rate and the ability to put him out wide and he'll track the midfield runners and they've got such a strong forward line Barcelona that he, they'll need protection yeah. especially against like say Neymar and Suarez so I think whatever he goes with Milner has to play for me I, I reckon Milner should play as well he is that hard working midfielder which they need especially against Barcelona Barcelona's midfield if they disrupt that they be able to get a result Is James Milner Man City's most improved player? I'd say James Milner's been their best player because I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, mostly because he's English. And nobody, and everybody, when you think of great players, you think of all these international or European superstars. You never think of the homegrown players. But I think James Milner's been brilliant this season. Okay. Um, another team in the Champions League this uh, this week is... Oh, sorry, another English team in the Champions League is Arsenal. Um, they go t- away to Monaco with a 3-1 deficit from the home leg to try and claw back. Uh, what do you think about that? First of all, we'll, we'll talk about the fact that they, they did score three goals at the weekend there against West Ham. So it's, it's sort of perfect practice, isn't it? Even though Monaco are a bigger team than West Ham. Yeah, I think um, 
I know it, it was a bad result against Monaco, but I think they were very they were very unlucky. Like they, uh, Giroud could have had about <laughs> uh, could have had a hat trick, could have had three or four goals that night, and it just it just didn't work out for him. And uh, after that, he's been kind of hitting form. They ha- they have all been hitting form. So I think if you're lo- if you're uh, picking between the two English sides, I think Arsenal, even though they need three away goals, I think they have the better chance like against Monaco. Is Alex Oxley Chamberlain back? I know he tweaked. Um, I think he's still injured. He's right. always injured. But he's a he's a one of the main men. Well, you got well. Walcott's a pretty much like for like swap for him. He's got pace. Wise, he stretches the play. Yeah. You know, it, I'm assuming he's fit as well because he's another one who likes to pick up the odd yeah. Well, they've got Ramsey playing well now as well. He was yeah. probably Arsenal's best player at the weekend. So there's a you know, match they played out how well Ramsey and Ozil played. But also, you know, if they can play like they did on on Saturday, maybe they might have a chance of sort of pressing um, Monaco because I think that's why is the atmosphere at Monaco isn't going to be great. You know, they, no. I think their stadium holds what about? I think it's less than twenty thousand. Yeah, and they never they never filled that. No, no. I mean they'll probably get a turnout because of the Champions League game, but that's it, it won't be you know diehard Monaco ultras and stuff like that. So it's. I think that's one thing that will maybe play into Arsenal's favour a little bit. Yeah, but I still think uh, Monaco's defence is one of the best defences in Europe. They what? They conceded two goals in the group stage of the Champions League yeah, I think and only one. one to Arsenal in the first leg. So that kind of shows how big a task it is for Arsenal. And I don't think uh, any teams overturned... Uh, not since Ajax. Not since Ajax in 1969, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at the... You know, if Arsenal go out and get a goal first 15 minutes for 20 minutes then there's there's every chance because it was 3-1 the first leg so all you have to do is what um, if they score two that's obviously then they, they, but they go through out and away goals so they need to score three they get a goal early on there's everything anything can happen because you know, Arsenal can score goals for fun when they want to but like you say Monaco have a very good defence I think if Arsenal play anything like they did against West Ham I think they'll be alright because I thought they were uh, again only watched the highlights but I know West Ham aren't really a good um, well, they're benchmark. Well, yeah, they've gone out a good, a, Yeah, they're not so. really a good benchmark for this type of match. But I think Arsenal could have had so much more than three on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just predictions then, I suppose. Um, who's going to go through? Arsenal or Monaco, Stefan? I would say Monaco, but I reckon only just. Raph? Uh, I think you've got to go for Monaco on purely on the basis that it's such a big task for Arsenal to come back for it. But it, stranger things have happened. Johnny, yeah, I think um, I said <coughs> Arsenal probably had the better chance, but I still don't think they'll go through. So I think I think Monaco. Callum, I think I'm going to be the the different viewpoint. I'm going to go for Arsenal, but I think it'll go extra time. I was basically the same thing. I think the the fact that Arsenal are you can't Coming see them the keeping a clean sheet, can you? No, 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 absolutely not. But the fact that they're just off the back of a, a, good, a good win, but also a good performance against West Ham. So, you know, they always seem to sort of... You were saying earlier on about Man United, always seem to pull out, pull out the bag. I think Arsenal are the same. They always seem to, when it really matters, bring their A game. And I think they'll do that tonight, but I think they have to score early to do that. And um, Well, even if Monaco score... Arsenal still have to do the same thing and score three goals. No, I, I know, but I think if Arsenal score first, the belief will be there. Like we can get another I two think here. The problem is though, uh, anytime, anytime I watch Arsenal and they score, 
it always seems that they just they just fall asleep. <laughs> to, yeah, to go and, wrong and, after and that. And see it again, like like for for the neutral to make it a great match, they just usually they usually score early, get the ball back, and then they lose it, and then yeah. they concede like. And then the tie is over, like because if if Monaco scored, the tie is over. Like, yeah, that that's basically that's, yeah, that would agree. Um, Wayne Rooney's celebration was my highlight of the weekend. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. I thought he killed a story dead in its tracks. It wasn't um, really much of a story. Well, if you don't know, it was, it was a huge story. The fact, yeah. anyway, if you don't know what happened, you've, if you've been living under a rock for the past week. Um, Wayne Rooney and Phil Bardsley. Now, I don't know how this partnership came around. I know they used to play years ago together for, for United, but they were <laughs> play fighting, play boxing in the... Um, in somebody's... Yeah, I know. In yeah. somebody's kitchen. Was it Whose kitchen it was, was it? Rooney's kitchen. Rooney's kitchen. And um, Bardsley knocked him out. And that video somehow surfaced online. And the media got a hold of it. Phil Neville rightly called out whoever his pal was that filmed it and sold it to the papers. Yeah, match today though. Which oh, I didn't didn't realise that, but um, but yeah. So I thought Wayne Rooney doing the celebration killed that in his tracks. I mean, how can anyone say anything bad about him now? That fact that he's he shed light on it and he's made fun of himself. So how can anyone make fun of him now without sounding like an idiot? You think? Uh, I I don't really know how I can sort of analyse this because um, I mean yeah I mean it's I honestly, I honestly don't know how to um, sorry Mark and Johnny are trying to have beers because it's St Paddy's <laughs> Day that's why the, this, the, the awkward silence has has went over you've probably been hearing cans and drinking all day uh, that's that's them you know. St Paddy's Day what are you talking about uh, the best of the year anyway carry on I've lost my train of thought now thanks you're guys. talking about uh, eggs or something I don't know uh, right yeah I was talking about Wayne Rooney um, and Mark spilled his beer yeah he has in the bag so Oh, look at the Treat mess. <sighs> so, I might just sit here and judge you while you clean this up. No, I'm, no, I'm not joking. Um, I think it was a story that's been sort of blown out of proportion. Because, okay, yeah, he has knocked him out, but... And it's not often yet to say it's been blown out of proportion after you've knocked somebody out. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It all seems to have... And blown over in the end. But that's the whole point. I think it's only blown over because Wayne Rooney shed light on it. One of the things that I love as well is that Van Hal didn't care. You yeah. know, somebody made a point. It's the British media have sort of put it all out of proportion, or the British fans have put it out of proportion, and yet Van Hal, somebody not from Britain, has sort of came here. I don't think he really. He seemed like in the post match that he didn't really know about it. Well, that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. I mean, hypothetically, see if that had happened in another club to another manager or in another country for example Scotland <clears throat> if that had happened managers would have banned players from using social media for whatever reason like whereas you're talking Van Hal didn't seem to care good well, that, that's another way that it stays out of the media because if no one cares if the manager doesn't care we shouldn't care as, a, as the public viewing public we shouldn't care well, it did happen quite a while ago, back in February, I think. But, but and it's then only he, he got given yeah. two days off training, I think, yeah. Wayne Rooney. 
but the, it's, it's sort of just surfaced now for well, the general yeah, um, public. Yeah. I mean, the, the best part about it is, is, is around about February time is when you know, when we started scoring goals again. I think uh, <laughs> Phil Barsley knocked yeah, some uh, sense yeah, in Phil Barsley's knocked the goal scoring back. Uh, out, but, uh, <laughs> but the one thing I always forget about these situations, like you say, it's quite weird how Phil Barsley and Wayne Rooney were the pair. I always seem to forget just because maybe one player is really, really good and one player isn't is he? Yeah, <laughs> the nicest way to put it is quite shite. You forget that they they, they can still be pals because I remember the yeah. best one yeah. Stephen Fletcher and Alan O'Brien. <laughs> they two were the best of mates, but yet Alan O'Brien was fucking shot. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think the celebration took away from the fact that that's the best performance my United have put in this season. They were really good With, uh, Without a shadow well, of a Tottenham doubt. Tottenham were really poor as well. Yeah, but Tottenham did them a lot of favours. United yeah. went in at half-time, 3-9 up. We haven't seen that in how long? When was the last time we seen something like that? Not since Fergie. Yeah, not since Fergie. And when was the last time we seen them not only just scoring goals, but playing well? They dominated Spurs. Fair enough, you're saying that Spurs didn't offer much. But Spurs are a good enough team. I mean, Harry Kane, he's won player of the, the month two months in a row which never really happens he's scoring goals he's still scoring goals for fun and yet Man United silenced him he only had one chance I think which was quite near the end yeah but so. De Gea sat on the ball yeah, yeah. yeah. De Gea sat on the so ball so he, he, might, he might declare for Ireland we can <laughs> it does it hurts me a lot because Harry Kane is my fantasy football captain that De Gea played so you know sat on that ball but in general like in a you serious should, note you should have De Gea in Ah, yeah. no, I think my, my goalkeeper's <laughs> like, I think yeah. it's either Fraser Forster or Asmir Begovic, <laughs> so I'd, I'm hoping it's Forster. Oh, yeah, 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 plus I think you get, like, points for if he makes more than five saves. Yeah. So, anyway, um, <laughs> we don't want to get into fantasy football because it will start a fight. Um, but, no, yeah. But just on, uh, on another note there, um, I don't know whether you saw, Jamie Carragher tweeted about the vine of Rooney getting knocked out and <laughs> it had the it had the sun watermark on it like the mm-hmm. video that was going around and he was absolutely destroyed by Liverpool fans because he tweeted a video by the sun and subsequently had oh, to delete it oh that's right that's right and, that's right. and apologise for it <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sort of rock not rock in a hard place but one minute he's wanting to make fun of Wayne Rooney but then he, he ha- he's completely something. It's something you wouldn't. No, think you about. shouldn't have to think about no. it. But we won't get into no. to that today. No. Um, what we will get into was Bradford's cup run is over. Oh, right, that's what was shown on BBC. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. let's have a minute of silence for Bradford's cup run. Okay, thanks guys. Can, that can was a, <laughs> a quick can, minute, can, but you know. can we blame the BBC for this because they because they wanted the freaking game. On the Monday, they wanted it because they, or they tell it, and they couldn't put it on the Tuesday, the Wednesday. They had to move it to the Monday, two days after Badford played. And yeah, that's two days after Reading played as well. But Reading have a stronger step. So they made eleven changes uh, for the weekend yeah, game. They played the second round. Yeah, yeah. Bradford pretty much had to play their squad, the, the the team that they play for all the games, and that is, I think that's so poor that they've pandered to the TV. I know BBC have had some great coverage of the FA Cup this season compared to what the shambles that ITV had last season, the season before. But I just think it, it was tailor-made for Redden to, to perform in this one. What I will say, um, he says it's because the BBC 
Bradford complained in the last round because the game wasn't shown live. That's true. Yeah. So you can't kick in yet. You c- yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I think kind of BBC realised that Bradford were the story that was gonna. Yeah, uh, that exactly. The exactly. Magic of the FA Cup. I mean, that's the whole point. There's supposed to be this magic in the FA Cup, yeah, and it's ridiculous. Like anyone can beat anyone, and then they're going to show this game over that game where. Yeah, because it was a ridiculous uh, start of the season because they were showing they were showing all sorts of like. Um, what was it, Blight Spartans? They, That's they were right. Very keen on. And That's then, right. Um, well, I think it's well, they showed Cambridge United as well. Yeah, showed yeah. Cambridge twice, did they not? Yeah. As somebody's pointed out though, before the, it's the BBC. They pick some games like um, when it involves Premier League teams because they want the Premier League fixture because they can't they can't show them. Obviously, they want to show those big games. But really, that's not why we watch the FA Cup. We can watch what Villa West Brom on match the day when it comes round. We can watch it on Sky when it comes round. We want to see Blythe Spartans play or knock out a team divisions above them. That's the magic of the cup. If you're selling us the magic of the cup, show us it. Yeah. I mean, um, I wanted Bradford to get to that semi-final. I think we all did. I think think not only just us five, but I think everyone did, apart from a Reading fan. I think it hurt them, and obviously it would, because in general terms, but it hurt Bradford especially because they they are the smaller team. They're going in. They want to nick the, the first goal. Two nine down after twenty minutes. It's not going to help anybody. No. Did, did you watch it live or did you? Yeah, watch it live. Yeah. The one thing that absolutely infuriated me was, and BBC highlighted it as well, was that Bradford didn't stick a man on both posts for that corner. Oh yeah. yeah. And without being funny, you're at a replay away from home against a, a team mm-hmm. a division above you. You're tired. You yep. know they're fresh. These players. Stay in the game as long as possible. I mean, keep it level. Yeah. Even if you want, for the first half hour, put men on the on the corner on the post at corners. Just keep it level. Got to keep and, it tight. And then maybe start experimenting with yeah. a man up the park that you try and catch them. I mean, Danny Murphy uh, was a pundit that mentioned that last night. He said the amount of goal line clearances he got in his career, his playing career, by standing on the back post or standing on the you rear don't post. Have to do anything. You just yeah. wait and kick. You just it. stand you just, and kick it away. Yeah. But what? Um, who was it? I think it was Jason Roberts. It was Jason Roberts. It was the other guy. I can't remember who the other player was. Uh, Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders. He. Who always sounds like he's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he or Jason Roberts said that the header from uh, who scored the first goal against? Yeah, it was Robson Canu. Rob Canu. His header um, wasn't actually in the corner of the goal. It was in the middle of the goal. I which s- I can see that point, but if Bradford Bradford have a man on the back post, they will. Cl- it will be yeah. cleared. And I, I don't know if you if you you've, you watched it. Your opinion of the second goal. I personally thought Ben Williams should have done better. You know, I I get. But you've got a vendetta against Ben Williams. No, then. Ben Williams was a brilliant keeper when he was at Hibs. But then he left. Well, you know that that was <laughs> more down to Terry Butcher, I'd say now. But um, <laughs> but I know it, it took a wicked deflection, yeah. a horrible. I, it, I I do agree with you though. He, he set himself to move to save it because it's going bottom corner and. Right on top of I it. don't think it was William's fault for the goal though. I think it was the left back's fault. He let him come inside. He let him come inside, and he got no. He got nowhere near him. No, the, the, you're supposed to. If half. you're going to put the boot in, you put the boot in. Mm. You, you don't just sort of you back off long enough for them to turn inside you. Mm-hmm. And even if you do turn inside you, you've got to go with them. You can't. You just can let him continue in. Just make fact, half yeah, left exactly. The fact that the guy that the ball deflected off. Had to then try his best. Was it Andy Halliday? Can't remember. He, he slid in and deflected off yeah. Halliday. I mean, that was um, a cruel deflect because it hit. It, it was. Hit it was. Laces, it was. It? But it it shouldn't come to that. It should be snuffed out before that, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't, it 
like you say, there's, there's, it was a catalogue of errors that mm. one, and you know, I can go back to the first goal. If if they didn't concede that first one, they wouldn't have conceded the second. And and it, you've just got to. That's the difference, I think, when yeah. it comes to these teams, is these little things, and that's yeah. how Reading go through. I mean, Bradford weren't in the game at all. You know, they didn't show much. The the best hope they had was maybe nicking it in extra time or late on, but they didn't. Yeah. Show I mean, anything. I don't know how everyone else feels. You can give me give me the opinions after. Um, but now that Reading are in the semi-final I don't care who wins the FA Cup if Bradford had went through the semi-final I would be on board I mean if Bradford go to the semi-final you're going to get fans from everywhere watching the FA Cup to see Bradford get to that final however Reading aren't so bad a team and I don't mean it they're not so low profile as Bradford where you would think, oh, I'm going to tune in to see Reading to try and get the final. If it was Bradford against Arsenal, you would watch it and you would support Bradford. Well, you'd watch that as well because they beat them in the League Cup last they, year. Exactly, yeah. So you would watch that with sort of almost intrigue. wanting... Yeah. yeah, intrigue. You'd want Bradford to win. But now that it's Reading, I'm not, I'm not all um, that fussed. I think we're kind of giving Reading a bad deal there <laughs> just because of the fact they were up against Bradford. I think... Uh, yeah. I think kind of the further Redding go, if they do go further, uh, they'll generate more hype yeah, about them. If I had to pick a team that I wanted to win, it would be Redding. Yeah. Well, who's the other semi? It's yeah. at Villa and... Liverpool, it's Liverpool, Blackburn. 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 So you've got so, a possible another championship team in there. Yeah, you could have Blackburn in it, so they could possibly be all championship final. I would be more intrigued to see a Liverpool-Arsenal final. Not because... There's a lot of history in that time. Yeah, but not be- not because I support either of them, not because I don't like Reading and I don't like Blackburn, but just because it's a bit. It would be a better game than it would be if it was Liverpool, I always Reading want, or Blackburn. Or I something. always want to see. It never happens, but I always want to see a team from out with the top flight win a cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, <clears throat> and that changes nothing. And the fact Liverpool and Arsenal can mm-hmm. make it into the final and play each other, it will be a great game if they two do it. But, but still, yeah. but I would love to have a championship team win it. Or, yeah, Would it. you like an all championship final, though? Championship's got some good quality teams, and and Reading and Blackburn are, are half decent teams. They'll, they'll they'll play each other quite well, and and I think it would be a good game. Uh, you won't get the intrigue. Oh, you'll probably get the intrigue from some people. Yeah. But you won't get people flicking by and going, oh, "Well, it's Blackburn Red. I'm not going to watch that. I'll watch whatever other games on." For me, from uh, just I know Johnny was wanting to make a point there. For me, selfishly, almost you want Blackburn to get to the final. Because, and going back to the very, very start of the podcast, Jordan Rhodes is in the Scotland team. So if he can win a major trophy down south, that, that'll that do nothing to harm. I mean, that can only help as a pro Grant Hammy's also in the Blackland team. There you go, exactly. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, like, um, obviously, I mean, obviously, like, an FA Cup run is going to do you wonders, like, but uh, whatever, whatever about uh, an all championship final, like, it's yeah, I don't know, I don't know why it just doesn't, just doesn't, doesn't do appeal yeah. because of the fact that you, you, you obviously have a playoff final, uh, uh, closer to it. I think just one premiership team and one championship team, like the classic, uh, the classic a couple of years ago was Wigan, Wigan and Arsenal mm-hmm. when Ben Watson scored. And I think that, that it's just like it's just the classic kind of David and Goliath type thing. Yeah. Like whereas a, a championship one, as you said, like you you more knock it off. Like it's just, it just doesn't do at, anything. For at you. the same time, um, 
Stefan was talking about League Cup last last season or was it two years ago? Uh, two seasons. Bradford. Two seasons ago, yeah. Um, David versus Goliath, and well, Goliath smashed David. Bradford lost five and a half to in the final. It was one game too many. Yep. Yeah. The one thing I've always no- noticed with this is that the, the teams from the lower divisions in England, especially because of the playoff system, the ones that get further in it are the teams that don't tend to be at the higher end of the table. Mm-hmm. Like Reading and yeah. Blackburn. Reading are mid table. Yeah, they have nothing to play for Reading. They're not going That's down why they, they can make so many changes as well. Yeah, like, you know, had Bournemouth been playing Blackburn, would they have rested all their players at the weekend? They wouldn't. They, wouldn't. they would have. They would have played probably played a, second, a second string side against what, uh, um, so Bradford, and it's it's just interesting that the f- the fixture lists in the lower leagues are so congested that. You but know, that's because they have so many teams in it. Yeah, they can't really when change. It's exciting. It. It's a, the brilliant divisions, but it kind of hampers the, the the better teams in the cup. Did anyone else have any last minute opinions on the the FA Cup? Callum, you've not said much this round. It's all pretty much been said, really. Okay. Um, we're going to go internationally for the first time on talking Raphael. Um, Gareth Bale uh, at Real Madrid scored twice at the weekend. Who who was it they played again? Levante. I've got a feeling it was Levante. I can't remember. I don't watch La Liga too no. much. No. I can't tell you. I can't remember who it was, but I think he scored two goals. Yeah, they won two now, I know that much. And did he score both? Yeah, yeah. he scored yeah, he both. Scored yeah. And yet he was booed off the park. Yeah, because he, st- he, he stole Ronaldo's He stole, quote-unquote, yeah, sort of, <laughs> quote-unquote, stole a goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. Bale almost looked up, like, apologetic, like, like, yeah. like a guilty child. But did you see Ronaldo's reaction to Bale scoring it? Yeah, the yeah. He was fuming. What, what, what is the story with Ronaldo recently? Like, he does... Like well, it's because he hasn't scored for such a long time. Or yeah. hasn't scored since, as many. Since yeah. he's picked up that Ballon d'Or, his form's dripped. Yeah. Dropped. Well, that's what he gets for that celebration cheer that he did at the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> um, nah, that, fr- that wound me up. It, it, it was good, though, to make. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never yeah, that's true. <laughs> One thing I noticed from the game, uh, from the footage, was Bale's celebration for the first goal, when mm. he put his hands to his ears to sort of, like, silence. Drown out the booze. Yeah. Um, sort of like I'm not listening to you type yep. thing and if he knows that people don't like him and if, if the rumours are true that Ronaldo doesn't really like him you know maybe they've fallen out can you see Bale st- staying at Real Madrid? Well that was the next question do you think the reason Ronaldo has fallen out with Bale is because Ronaldo's forms declined? Well Ronaldo has to be the limelight doesn't he? Is, is yeah, that type yeah, of guy is that type I, of player he has yeah. to be the informed player at all times So do you think if Bale's Sort of outshining him, he's going to take a take a disliking to him. I think um, the main reason for the fans' sort of dislike of Bale is he's not really a traditional Real Madrid type of player. Because Real Madrid type, when I think of a Real Madrid player, to me, it's a player that's bit of skill, bit of flair, um, and is unplayable on the best days. Bale doesn't seem to me to be that type of player. He's all about pace and he's a lot more direct in his in the way he that he plays. Um he just doesn't seem to me to be um because the reason that people fell in love with Ronaldo is because he's such a skillful player and he can produce magic whenever he wants. 
Bale isn't that type of a guy. It's not his game. Yeah, well, he... he I disagree with that to an extent. In my opinion, Gareth Bale was to Spurs what Ronaldo was to Real Madrid. I mean, if you watch Spurs that that season, you, you'll know what season I'm talking about in particular. That one season where Bale yeah. shone and became this superstar was that Spurs under AVB, their tactic was get the ball, give it to Gareth Bale and he'll shoot or he'll run with the ball. He'll he'll do the work and score the goals. I mean, Spurs were happy to do that. Real Madrid have been happy to do it with Ronaldo. Ronaldo's been happy to, to bear that sort of burden on his back. But now Bale's there. Bale's, Bale, he's, he's got to take the mentality from Spurs that he had where he was the main man and he was doing it all himself. I, it's hard to go back to the sorry, sorry was that, yeah. the, the shadows once you've been once you've been in the limelight yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the problem. They're all competing for it. Yeah, Ronaldo's not going to want to give up the limelight. To, but neither's Bale. Bale. Yeah, and, and vice versa. I and I also think uh, the problem is with the Real Madrid president. Uh, he wanted Bale. Not the fans don't really like him, but he's got a good relationship with the president, mm-hmm. which is why he's playing. So I think of it as well. Um, Isco as well plays a big part now. I think the, yeah. the Real Madrid fans love Isco. He like can really do no wrong. And if Bale is starting playing usually, over him, yeah. Isco is the one that falls out yeah. of favour. Like so, um, I think kind of like if you're going up against a, <laughs> yeah. a Spanish player, like you're never going to win with Real Madrid fans. Like it's. it's I mean, I'm I'm sure over a period of time, this podcast will discuss Bale. In the future, the fact that you'll probably go back to the Premier League eventually. He's going to have to be able to afford it. The way things, yeah, the way the way things are going. Um, but we'll we'll start now. Why not? Where is Gareth Bale's next destination going to be? The only club that I can think of who could conceivably afford him is Man United. Man yeah. City, I'd say. I think I, there's there's a few clubs that could afford yeah. him. I mean you. Especially if Real Madrid are yeah, trying, going to try and offload him. You've got to think that Bale is still a very, very high-profile player. He's not going to want to. He's going to want to go to the biggest other available club out there, and for me at least, which at the moment is not Man United, but it will be. I, oh, there I, there's a prediction <laughs> for you. Man United, Fergie left, mm-hmm. and Man United have sort of gone on a downward spiral since mm-hmm. then. But now they are starting to build themselves up. That's why they were able to draw the likes of Di Maria to, um, and even though he hasn't performed, Di Maria at the time was one of Real Madrid's best players. I think it was Van Hal that did that. I think it was the name Man United. You know, despite it was one bad season, I think yeah, yeah, it was always yeah. going to still yeah. bring these players. Yeah, Bale, Bale kind of has history with United. I mean, I g- yeah. we'll go around the room, but I do know what you mean when you say that. Um, but I also know what Connor you mean when it's just the name. Um, I think the fact that Bale has played in England all those years can only help him. But Liverpool finished seventh, and then what was it sixth? Sixth, uh, sixth. sixth and then second. Yeah. Um, they fair enough. They attracted Balotelli there, but. The fact that Liverpool haven't been in the Champions League for a few years now, apart from obviously this year, um, they haven't really made waves in the Premier League. They haven't been able to attract these big players. So, wait, one wee second, sorry, Cal. Um, If Man United 
can go now another two, three seasons tops without getting in the Champions League year after year. No one thought no one thought Liverpool were gonna think on, um, fall so far. The I think the manager plays a lot in it, like yeah. like you're gonna try like you have Lee Van Hal there no matter like I know it'll probably take a dent if they finish outside the Champions League spots, but if Louis Van Gaal is still there, then players are still going to want to come. Do you think he will be there if he's not? Oh yeah, if he doesn't get him, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I think he knows. He even knew himself after the first couple of months that it's going to be a long haul, and he doesn't strike me as the type of fellow that just just uh, pack up and leave. Pack up and leave. He wants. He wants to finish the job. He wants. He wants to leave a legacy. Essentially. Well, that's that's the thing. Um, And I think sorry, just to no, carry on, carry on. Uh, Brendan Rodgers I don't think he tracks that at all to Liverpool yeah um, they both play different styles of football but like I'm saying like um, that's the thing I mean my United are a bigger name than Liverpool or at least in the last I don't know how many years they've Same. proven that and I think the fact that you're saying um, Van Hal wants to stay for the long run the last manager that was there for the long run was obviously Sir Alex, and he when he took over, how old was he? He was young in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. Relative. Whereas Van Hal already has a has a, a bit of grey in him. He'll probably leave. He's, he's quite at the end of his contract, yeah, which is the three year contract. He is getting on a bit, Van Hal. So it's not as if he can be there for the long haul. And long haul is different from a few years. Do you know what I mean? You won't get ten years out. Yeah, exactly. That's no. yeah. That's that's the yeah. kind of point I'm trying to make. Like. You can you would get it out of a. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's long enough for a player to be convinced to go there for, but it's, you know, because they're going to play from. For the I mean, look at Van Persie. Van Persie signed for Man United because of Sir Alex, and then Sir Alex retired that season. A couple of players that were like that, as you well. know. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult to to gauge where things are going. But I think like only um, like Louis Van Hal, he wants to. He wants to win something there because that's 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 what he is. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what he's doing. And that's what my it should be as well. But that's the cut-off point when he wins something. That's the chance. That, that, yeah, that, that, that means he can. Yeah. Like, do you think? Do you think he wait until he wins the Premier League, or do you think he no, will be I, any trophy that he'll I think he'll well, wait till he'll yeah, wait till his yeah, contracts yeah. up. If he's not won anything by the time his contracts up, he'll leave. I, th- I think if he's really close. To the league, like if he's got something, he feels. Yep. I think he will actually stay until that's done. I think he wants to take them back to that level. Um, and like, so maybe if it, if it takes the three years, four years, I don't think it'll take as long as that. I think they will go back to the level they were at before. I mean, for me, Van Hal has to build his own team. I mean, he can't. He can't rely on or settle with. I feel he's not done a particularly great job of building a team. He's not had too long. No, I, I mean, think. look at the players he's brought in. We'll just go through them. Marcos Rojo, what's what's your thoughts on how he's had, or sorry, how he's been so far could, this season? Could be a good player, but he's you know but he's still quite a, a raw talent. I'd say he needs sort of somebody to to hone the talent he does have, and he's got a bit of a temperament as well. So he also know. got injured for quite a while near the yeah. start of the season, which but, didn't help. What's his best position? Because he played left back. Quite he played a lot for Spartak, and it was a it's Argentina. He played left back at the World yeah, Cup but, as well, and uh, but he's been planning to fill in the centre half slot. Yeah. Well, it depends what yeah. formation he wants to play. Yeah. If he wants to play three centre backs, De Maria. De Maria. De Maria is pretty. Is that he had hot and cold, isn't he? Yeah, uh, well, I wanted to avoid that phrase because we used it earlier on. But he has been really, really inconsistent yeah. for a lot of this kinda, season. The problem is with him. Like uh, he was kind of like he played 
really well last season for Real Madrid, mm-hmm. but he was always he wasn't he wasn't the player that you looked at in the Real Madrid team, and I think that's where he plays well. Yeah, when he's not yep. constantly looked at. Like, then at the same time, the World Cup, he played pretty well in that. Again, though, Messi. we're yeah. looking to Messi. That's like, true. Always, yeah. You're you're never looking to Di Maria, but now he's, he's at you. Ah, know, uh, I, I I know what you mean now. Like the, I didn't get it yeah. at first year, but yeah, I can't put before something. Yeah, can I? Anyone think that Di Maria actually was Van Hal's signing, or do you think that he was a somebody that came up? To, that, that was Ed, is it Edward, like, it's, you know, it's funny. Like, I had um, another player written down for that point. Um, I think it was. Do you I mean, mean, he, uh, he Van Hal's signing? He's one of those well, any that, any club would probably take him. Yeah, if, if I'm sure he's obviously said, do you want, yeah. do you, do you want yeah. Angel Di Maria? Go, yeah, of course I do. But I when you see that, though, uh, another player who was actually David Moyes' signing. And Herrera, wasn't it? Uh, no, I was at, well, oh, yes, that, but also Luke Shaw. Oh, right, yeah. Luke Shaw was the player that was earmarked by David Moyes. He was his, he was going to be the next, next signing. Um... And then Moyes leaves, so you think, oh, man, that's dead in the water. And then Van Hal, come, Van Hal comes in. And you can't tell me that Van Hal's watched Southampton no, no week in, week out. No, well, the first thing Van Hal said about Luke Shaw when he came he was, in was that he, he was, was unfit. unfit. Yeah, so you, Van Hal didn't... Let's be honest, Luke Shaw would never have signed for Man United if it was Van Hal from the very start. No, no, I think no. if you look at Man United signs, you will probably find that maybe at most two were Van Hal signings. Dally Blind... Daily Blind, Daily Blind, Daily Blind, and, and maybe Rojo. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, Falcao. Again, I think that's a, a Falcao's available and. Yeah, well, Monaco didn't want him. Well, yeah, no. he has to pay massive tax now on his Monaco. Yeah, exactly. He was always apparently going to leave after a year anyway, and so. Yes, yeah. but what's your opinions on? Falcao and you know we're, we're, this episode of Talking Raphael probably some of it can be can be cut because we've we've talked a lot but I'm just trying to cover every base so what's you know we'll go around yeah. Falcao what is the the thought process there it's an unusual one because it wasn't so long ago that he was unstoppable mm-hmm. but now you look at him and you he's a completely different player and you have to wonder whether Man United will because what's the, what's the terms of his loan um Man United 40 have a, they have an op- 6 million option yeah. 46 million option to buy mm-hmm. you can't really justify no. that price tag especially for the if he's at the moment in the under 21 squad yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yes yeah. that tells you everything you need to know about yeah. him two points first is that um humiliating him the the BBC asked Louis van Howe do you think you're humiliating Falcao by playing him in the other 21 squad? Van Hal obviously said no. Mm. What's your opinions on that? Well, I think like if he's if he's not performing for you, then what's what are you gonna do? Like it's uh, he he's a man that like has a lot of prestige to him, and like if he doesn't put in performances, then there, there there's very little I suppose you can do. do. Like what, yeah. like he's a man that like I think after his cruciate ligament injury. You have to keep him fit. You mm-hmm. can't keep him on the bench. So there's no alternative. You can't put him on the pitch because he's not. He's not. He's not playing. Yeah, well. I mean, like, that's that's the core. Of it. He's like, clearly he's always a, a proud guy, Falcao. He is probably a little bit bummed out that he is playing for the under twenties because or he, he's a he, he was a quality player. He showed that previously that he should be playing first team football at the top of of, of Europe football. But you know, if he's not performing. You know, you, 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 players get dropped all the time. It doesn't matter who you are, and when people feel sorry for him, well, 
I'm sorry, but he's the guy that asks for 300 grand a week. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's worth that. And if you think you're worth that, you've got to show it. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, feelings don't count in this situation. My second, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, Connor. Uh, just my second point. Uh, still on Falcao. Um, I have a, a friend who stayed in Halls of Residence in Hamilton last year. Um, John John Rogerson he's Portuguese and just in case you're listening hello John um, <laughs> yeah, he's Portuguese and he's a Porto fan and obviously Falcao came not straight from Porto but he started um, yeah. his European career at Porto and John I remember when my United signed Falcao was raging because he thought that Falcao would be ruined at my United and I just want to get your sort of thoughts on that, Stefan. We'll start with you. Are they have Man United contributed to to his sort of I think downfall? They, I think they have a bit, but it's also at Monaco. He his first season at Monaco, mm -hmm. he was good, but then he went off the boil a bit. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of a bit of Monaco, and then his injury, and then trying to get him playing again is kind of lots of different things that uh, make it. Callum. I think a lot of his dip in form is down to his injury because you remember the same, th the exact same thing happened to Fernando Torres. He, yeah, he, he had a, he had yeah. quite a nasty. And Emilio Izaguirre as well. He, <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you want to put Izaguirre in that category, um, but I think it's so tough when you're a big player. You want to get back onto the, the onto the the main stage as quickly as you can, but sometimes your body just doesn't allow you to do that. Um, so I think, although being at Man United may have had some kind of effect, a mm -hmm. lot of it is down to his injury, I think. Jonathan, what do you think? Yeah, I'd be, the, I'd, be, I'd be in the same bracket. Like I think I remember reading an interview with the um, with the Monaco president on like ESPN or something like that, and he, he said when the day after Falcao left, he said he is not the same player. Mm -hmm. Even even at Monaco, we, we, we know like, yeah. we're... Like if they, if Monaco make forty six million on this deal, then it's <laughs> it's catching yeah, and yeah. it's brilliant because they know he's he's not the same player. Yeah. And um, I think as well like just looking at him like he never he never seems like a United player to me. Like if you just like gonna like you're always gonna take the hand off someone that offers you yeah. Falcao because of his record. But I, like when you look when you take a step back, he I, United number nine. No, I don't think no. I I don't know he's. He obviously proved it at Atletico Madrid and um, less so Monaco, but I just think something stays, about I think he just starts to stay in Europe. Yeah, I don't yeah. think the English games. It's something about Atletico Madrid. They just produce cracking players who <laughs> go off the boil at the end. Um, Raf, what do you think? Yeah, just sort of the same as the rest. Of this. His, his injury was the biggest problem for his career, and I think I said it before in one of the podcasts that didn't make it on of us one of the worst things Falcao really could have done was move to any team because I thought from, from Monaco, Monaco. Um, because he was in a really sort of crucial stage of his rehab of coming back from injury and I know the, the big football clubs have the best sports scientists and physios and all that and they'll know what to do but I feel like maybe the Monaco physios would have known what progress he was making and they would have been the best to help him get to, to get to his f full fitness and let's be honest, the league and league uh, is uh, isn't isn't the best quality. Surely maybe. Falcao couldn't end this career at Monaco. I don't think he could, have, but you know, what is he? What is he? 
saying he is, you know, as we all know how the, there's yeah. rumours of his yeah. actual age, but was he still 29? 29. 29. Yeah. So we heard yeah, anyway. I mean, was, if he's, he's still got a couple of years left, yeah. he could have moved this season if he was fully fit and scoring goals in, in league and, and I just think, you know, it's not really a case of Man United ruined them, I think it was Falcao maybe he's agreed to ruin okay. himself. Um, I just want to point out that we started this conversation on Gareth Bale <laughs> and now we're on Manchester United, but while we're on Manchester United we may as well Stay there. Um, another point about um, two points actually. Louis Van Gaal, the fact that Tyler Blackett and Paddy McNair have all of a sudden been sort of thrust into this starting eleven when you can clearly see that they don't belong there. Not yet, anyway. He's kind of pulled them out a wee bit recently, though, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, but that's because of the injuries they had in defence at the beginning. I mean, of the if they weren't injured, they would unfortunately probably still still be there. Um, what is just gauge opinion? Um, neither of them deserve it, do they? Neither of them, or not deserve it, but neither of them are good enough to be there. I think with those two, you have to use them sparingly, and you have to if you're going to put them in centre back, you have to put them alongside somebody experienced. Play them in a cup game. You could you could play them in a cup game as well, but I think you have to play them alongside somebody who's experienced enough, somebody who can guide them through these games and can help them along the way, and then you can start progressing as, as a better footballer and as a better defender and then you can sort of work your way up to the point where you can become a first team regular. Yeah, I think kind of um, the problem with them was um, was because of United gone out of the League Cup early. Like, like uh, traditionally, those type of players were used in League Cup games for United and that's yeah. how they were blooded and that's how they became better players but now that they've literally been thrown in deep yeah. I think Tyler Blackett um, I think Tyler Blackett has more, more to offer for you know than Paddy McNair I think Paddy McNair just doesn't really know where his right position yeah. is like whether it's right back whether it's centre back or wherever like it's just uh, it's just a bit up in the air but yeah I think that was the problem United going out of the league up was the worst thing that could happen because essentially that's where yep. they read these players um, and my f- sort of final point on Man United um, Wayne Rooney up front that's why you'd keep him, right? You've got to play him up front. Well, you've seen when he's been moved back up front, he's started scoring goals again. So there's not he, he should play up front. He only played midfield because he RV, RVP thought, and yeah, he was trying to juggle all these players like Van Persie and Falcao. was saying, and he's trying to play. I think he was trying to be too smart in this situation, and you you've just got to play your most talented player, which is Rooney. I think, in my opinion. In, in his natural position and you've seen from the last what, month, a couple of weeks that since he's been back there he will score goals yep. And, yep. and that's what they've been missing so there's no I don't think you find anybody with complaints that he's up there No uh, I agree with that uh, I think it's just been key for Man United to have Rooney on the park because there are so there are such a better team with him there because again I think it's a case of the fact that he's English that he's sort of been brought out of the limelight a bit that you look towards these foreign international superstars like Di Maria and Juan Mata and the likes of that and Rooney has taken a back step to these players coming in and it's only now that we just sort of realised just how important a player he is for Man United because he's been by a distance the best player this season Jordan? Yeah I think up front is definitely, definitely his best position I will say though when he gets, I think when he gets later on in his career, 
uh, Wayne Rooney would would be a brilliant mm-hmm. number ten, like linking up that play, because I think he's uh, he's very similar to um, to Robbie Keane when Robbie Keane was in the latter stages of mm-hmm. his Tottenham career. He had probably one of his best seasons with Berbatov, and that's because he was playing in that number ten. So I think with Rooney, you have to you have to play him. You have to play him as a forward now. Like there's no alternative, especially with yeah. you know that, the way they are now. Like you have to play him up front, and yeah. that's where he's best suited. Um, just before we go on to, um, we're almost finished. I promise. Just before we go on to, um, usually we go around and talk about our own clubs um, and the weekend, um, especially. Uh, we've got question Nadi now. Michael is not here, and Michael usually, or sorry, his question this Friday will be answered this coming Friday, and uh, I will tell you that I got it right somehow with an I absolute no guess. Idea. I got it right, but uh, we'll we'll tell you the answer to that this coming Friday. But I've got my own here for for the people here and for whoever's listening. Um, it's another player. Sort of based on the same idea that Michael usually uses. Um, so here we go. He played. This player played for Celtic, Manchester City, Portsmouth, and Maccabee Tel Aviv. He has managed Hapoel Tel Aviv, but resigned after only eight months after a, a bust up with the president. Um, he got in a training ground, a famous training ground bust up, which was well documented um, when he was at a certain club. And he has 78 caps for his country. So does anyone have any Scooby? What's that first clue again? Uh, he played for Celtic, City, Portsmouth and Maccabee Tel Aviv. I think I know who it is. You think you know. Anyone else have a, have a clue? No. Give me a while to think about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, well, we're almost finished. Um, so we'll just go round. Seeing as we've got three Celtic fans here, I think only... One of us needs to talk about it. Um, so, does anyone have any preference about which of you would like to to discuss? Well, what I would <laughs> okay then. Uh, neither of them want to do it. So, what I will say is, um, and I, we meant to say we meant to bring it up earlier on about Sean Dillon getting sent off. That was the that was the the thing that Connor was apparently busting at the seam to to talk about and Callum as well. But it was a red card. Oh, yeah, I um, For me, the treble's still on, on course. Got a better chance now than ever. We've got one trophy in the bag. That was always the one, especially playing Dundee United, who seemed to give Celtic problems nine times out of ten. Um, thankfully, the once, the one out of ten was Sunday. Um, but it does sort of, not maybe not worried is the word, but it does kind of give you the, the thought process that maybe this midweek game where we play them uh, the Scottish Cup isn't it yeah the Scottish Cup that's where that yeah that's where things things could go wrong um, but it's good that the, the treble's still on it's a shame that Griffith's never made it to the Scotland squad I think he should have I think he, he deserves it um, yeah that's, that's about it we'll go to Callum now with his Dundee very difficult to talk about Dundee because we haven't had a game in ages um, our next game is on Saturday against... Uh, Go back to the Qatar-Dundee Paul Hartley thing then. <laughs> I've told you. I've told you everything I can about Yeah, no, I'm going to carry on. Um, but yeah, we've got a game on Saturday against Aberdeen at Dens. That's uh, 
That's on a BT Sport for those of you who are interested in watching it. <laughs> Cheap ad uh, for it there. Quarter past twelve kickoff. <laughs> Did they um, move the kickoff? Like yeah, it was last a, night or something. It was originally going to be on Monday, but they changed it to Saturday for whatever reason. Nice to give the fans notice there. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Are you going to go, Cal? Probably not. No. Come on, just watch it on telly. <laughs> which is, which is BT Sport again for BT any of you who didn't hear. Twelve fifteen kickoff. <laughs> Dense Park. Um, Confident now. I don't know uh, because well, this is this is a rubber match, isn't it? Because you've you've lost one 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 and drawn it. Yeah. So, so this is this is the time where you could really do Celtic a favour and and beat beat that beat Aberdeen for us. Well, Aberdeen seem Aberdeen themselves have said that we're a bit of a bogey team for them. Uh, but Dundee have a tough run up till the the end of the split because our next I think it's five games to go, and each one of them are against teams in the top half. So we've got Celtic, we've got Aberdeen next, then it's Celtic. Then I think it's Inverness. Then it's United, and then our last game, um, which could decide the top six, is against St Johnston. Um, you think you finished top six? It's very tricky to sort of gauge whether because I look at St Johnston. They're a team that are so unpredictable. I mean, you saw that last time out. They got beat by Park Thistle. Um, and it's difficult to judge whether they'll win a game or whether they'll lose a game or whether they'll draw a game. Hamilton are sort of on this downward spiral mm-hmm. um, where they just can't seem to win a game full stop. Um, so I think if Dundee are going to... We definitely have to pick up points, but we have to. a lot of it is going to um, rest on whether Hamilton or St. Johnson can drop points. If they can, um, I don't see why not. Big... Um, Disappointing news is that Jim McAllister is actually injured. He went in for a hernia operation, so he's out for a couple of weeks. Um, the country goes into mourning. Yeah, <laughs> can we just have a minute silence for for James for <laughs> for James what have you McAllister? Had one for Bradford, we're not, we've, we've used our minute silence this week. Okay, um, like two seconds. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, and we'll go to Connor finally with the Hibs. The the Hibs. Uh, the high bees. I uh, well. One at the weekend against Cowden Beast, um, a team that's notorious for causing problems for teams like Hearts, <laughs> <laughs> and and but they, well, they, to be fair, they did get the point off Rangers. Yep. Uh, no, it was a fairly my fives team could get the points off Rangers right there. No, that's true. No, but I guess a fairly professional performance from ourselves, that, and it was good to stretch the the lead over Rangers again. It's a potential banana skin, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean it's. You look at the reaction they had after getting beat by Hearts, and like you say, despite the fact that anybody could take the points off Rangers at the moment, they were still up for it. They yep. wanted to prove points, and we we're on such a good run of form at the moment that, although we, you can't see where the the loss is coming from, it sneaks up on you. Yep. Um, a great uh, should be a great game on Sunday though. We're playing Rangers. Um, I'm really hoping that Alwa do something tonight to keep the spirits low. Going at the for, for you know against Rangers tonight. Going at that one. Just before we carry on with Connor talking about Alawa, mm-hmm. there was breaking news today that Michael Chopra has signed for Alawa. Really? Yes. I did wow. not hear that. He one. There you go. He signed for the, um, One thing that I found good is that um, the Alawa chairman he went and said that um, they'd brought in a new scout who'd been scouting far away. That scout should get a knighthood <laughs> for what I mean, he's done. He really Michael Chopra, like, that is a coup for Alawa. 
for want of a better word, that is huge. I'm just glad he scored three times now. Right? <laughs> he scored play. in playoff finals in the championship. He scored really important goals. He's only 31 as well. Exactly. Yeah, he's got years he's left. Rails, yeah, he was yeah. a big. A little bit, but at the same time, like yeah, yeah, at the same time. That is a, a oh, massive f- signing. Oh, like, you, know, you know, if St Mirren had signed him, you'd just go, that's a good signing. Aye, exactly, exactly. A part-time team. I mean, somebody like Michael Chopper, maybe not, you know, you say he went off the rails, how, but... How do you, like, if you're a scout, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, Michael, let me pitch this to you. <laughs> but yeah, like... Even <laughs> All right, Michael, how you, how's it going, mate? I've not seen you in a while. But yeah, like... It might you say, Johnny, that he's been off the rails a wee bit, but even then, Michael Chopra has the talent there, and he's proven that he could he could be the difference. I mean, even for a Motherwell, see Michael Chopra and Scott McDonald playing up front, and that's for Motherwell in the Premier League. I don't. I mean, I don't know where he's been playing. So his fitness. Yeah, well, that's that's the one problem. In the but championship, but Alawa, like that's a, um, still a great signing. Still potential for silverware because Alawa are in the Challenge Cup final. Michael Chopra scores a one out. Can we say this one more time? Alawa. <laughs> Michael, Michael Chopper, Chopper. <laughs> is it Alawa? Yeah, Alawa. So anyway, yeah, Connor, Scottish you were. Football has made it. I know we've we've completely uh, disregarded no, the heads, it's Michael but it's Michael Chopper and yeah, it's yeah, Alawa. He, so. he only went there because Barry Smith left. Well, he's no pals with Barry Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he steal his betting slip? Uh, don't know, but I think there's a bit of beef there. A bit of beef. There you go. No, I'm talking. Talk. I'm talking. Utter Raphael right there. <laughs> Uh, but as well though, like you, like you seem at like was it Aramenko for yep. Kilmarnock? You don't yep. need them that fit to like, that's true. <laughs> to influence. I mean, like, Celtic used to Celtic used to have a famous number uh, ten, and he, he, John Hartson <laughs> was like the most unfit player I ever watched live at Celtic Park. But he did it. He, he did it when he was needed. That goes against Liverpool. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm real. Can I just, he's <laughs> I, just again, Chopra. If he hasn't actually been at Aloha's ground, you know, because some of the scenes he's been in, he's going to rock up for that first Listen, game. Listen, Connor, he's he's put pen to paper, all right. He can't go back oh, on he it now. Back now. Oh, well, it depends. We've seen it happen before. Saul <laughs> Campbell at Notts County, just for example. You can just imagine, like. The chairman walking him in and just being like, "You're here now, like." Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> going to be such a culture shock because I don't even think Alawa have benches in their dugouts. They've just put like a, a blindfold on him and drove him around, and they've taken him into Parkhead and they've taken him into Ibrox, and they're like, "Yeah, this is this is Alawa. Like we we've, we're supposed to paint it orange. We forgot to uh, see to go back that bench shot. Genuinely, the dugout at Alawa, the, the the dugouts have wheelie bins in the benches. Yeah, like, it's. It's 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 going to be such a culture shock, like you say. And I'm so excited to see how this one turns out. Yeah, played in be... playoff finals at Wembley. Yeah, yeah I know. It sounds like though. I don't know whether you use uh, from across it. There's a show on. It's only on Irish television, actually. Uh, where like um, <laughs> like uh, I I don't know that just because obviously I don't get Irish TV over here, but. Uh, like it sounds like a it's a trading places type sports show, and one of one of <laughs> David Bentley was um, was uh, supposed to play Gaelic football like, and it yeah, just kind of sound. It, did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually very good, but like it, the, this Michael Chopper thing just sounds like Kevin Colley's actually away at Cardiff. <laughs> 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 so yeah, um, 
on that note, just before we f- we finish up again, Connor, you were talking about Hibs and can't talk about Hibs without talking about J- Jason Cummings getting a call up to the under, to under twenty one squad. Absolutely delighted for him. You, you, I saw Hearts fans, you know, saying why is he in the squad? You know, it wasn't just Hearts fans. That's that's probably not Hearts just picking out a name, but yeah. of course he's going to be in under. He deserves to be in it because he's a top goal scorer in the Scottish Championship. All right, yeah, it's the second tier of Scottish football, but there's Hearts, there's Rangers. He scored against both of them. Um, Callum Patterson got called up to the, the full squad remember yeah, and this is a guy Callum Patterson without me funny he's a good player I mean, I will admit as a house fan he's a good player but not really the best player for Hearts yeah. this season but got into the squad nonetheless Jason Cummins again top goal scorer arguably could have even gotten us you know, yeah. if, if you want to argue Patterson yeah. should be in it maybe you could argue I mean I don't think he should be but you can argue it and you'll, I looked at the squad throughout the 21s and there's no one else doing it at first team level in that squad um, the only one close to it is Sam Nicholson. I'd say uh, he's he's been good for Hearts. Even Ryan Gold hasn't been playing first team properly. He's had a couple of games here and there, but no, I, Cummins is by far I think the, the informed player in yeah. the under twenty one team. Is there anyone else that has an opinion on that? No. no. Stanley no. play Wickham. One Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just Fraser Fivey's on cracking form. Oh, I love Fraser Fivey. <laughs> <laughs> he's but not, he is on really good form. Yeah, right I, I'm. I'm worried that he's only on to the end of the season on the contract. So you think he'll uh, move on? Well, you know, I, I think he's maybe came up Celtic here. Celtic will probably steal him. I well, love Celtic steal everybody, but <laughs> no, it's, you know, you look at, he maybe went down south too early. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he should have stayed at Aberdeen a bit longer. Maybe he's realised that now and he's happy just playing football again. He's not going to stay at Hibs for the rest of his career. Yeah. He's destined for bigger than, than us. Um, How old is he now? He's only 21 still or something like that. Um so I really hope maybe if we can sell it to him to, at the end of the season sign on a two-year deal maybe. And then get money for him rather than Next just season, leave. Next season, yeah. I mean, obviously that's the main thing. We want, we want him for a long period of time. We want money for him if he goes. Um, you know, It's all about picking the right moment to go. And I think Fraser 5A needs to yeah. wait a wee bit longer. But he's he's such a good player. Him and Scott Allen. Um, again, with Scott Allen, get an extension done of him in the summer great season if we go up next season yep. then sell them and then's the time we go down you know, the championship carve out a career there well there you go I think that's the perfect stopping point um, eventually yeah eventually we were, we've been here for about six hours just sitting here um, it's going to be a absolute pain to edit yeah just do two uh, parts <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, we just thanks very much to Cal McCaffrey thank you very much what's your, your Twitter handle again uh, at the Oracle 1994. Conor Rafferty, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and yours? Uh, at Rafferty1875. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you. You do not use Twitter? No, I'm no. still Twitterless. And uh, Jonathan Jonathan yeah. Kelly. Thank you. Uh, it's underscore Johnny Kelly. There you go. And I'm at Mark. Uh, no, I'm not. I've got, I've t- two weeks in a row I've screwed <laughs> that up. At mhenry92. So thanks very much for uh, listening, if you did, to Talking Raphael. And we'll see you again on Friday. Bye. Love you. Two parts. <laughs> <laughs>